Welcome to episode 225 of the FM Marks Podcast. I'm Jay. And I am the brainless one. Yeah! Uh, luckily, this week wasn't like last week where there was a lot to discuss, but we have a, a, a decent amount of stuff that we have to get into this week, including we make our predictions for NXT TakeOver in your house. Um, hosted by Todd, Todd Pettengale. Is he really hosting it? Yeah, he's hosting it. Oh, that's awesome! Todd Pettengale hosted the first In Your House that they did back in the 90s. And when uh, they did uh, In Your House uh, a year or two ago, they brought him back specifically for that. So, obviously, he still has a relationship with WWE. And it... Wasn't he... He didn't do any of those Edge and Christian shows that totally week of awesomeness, did he? That was, I don't uh, remember. That was they, they brought Sean Mooney in a Sean lot Mooney, for that. Not, not Todd so, Pettengale. Anyway. Man, I, I miss Todd Pettengale. I always liked Todd Pettengale. He was a good dude. Um... Also, um, there is a rumor about a possible return of a WWE legend at a pay-per-view later on this year. One of the big four. One of the big four. Um, so we're going to get into that. Um, we are also going to discuss... Uh, what's it, what's oh, uh, SummerSlam Slam plans. SummerSlam plans. Uh, there's a, There's been a lot of uh, rumors going around about what SummerSlam is going to be uh also a previously released wwe super superstar was spotted at the performance center over the last couple days and there's been a lot of speculation about whether or not that person is going to be making a return to the black and gold brand um so we're going to get into that and most importantly and i cannot stress this enough we had ourselves last week our tournament of the greatest goat Factions of all time tournament of goatness. As we have determined who is the greatest goat faction of all time. And really, no surprise to me. And are you really surprised by the outcome? Not at all. I mean, there was only like, what, two or three that would have been like, yeah, that we felt that way about. But uh, anyway, let's just get into that then. Uh, we'll knock let's that right it. out of there. So we did 32 of the greatest factions in professional wrestling history. And I'll tell you, I was really excited about the fact that I had a lot of different wrestling organizations covering this entire tournament from WWE to WCW to World Class with the Bon Erics. Yeah. I had ECW and the Freebirds. Free I see, I always think of the Freebirds from WCW. See, I think of the Freebirds from World Class because, like, World Class Championship Wrestling was built on the Von Erics and right. Freebirds as far as, like, you know, the 80s. Yeah, one of the greatest rivalries in the history of professional wrestling, the Bonaire Absolutely. And the, and the Freebirds. Absolutely. But, you know, I had, you know, I had New Japan, I had NXT, I had AEW, I had Impact Wrestling. You know, the only thing I didn't really have was Ring of Honor. And, you know, I just thought of a, a faction that I probably should have put in there, but I didn't, but that's okay. Yeah. 32 of the greatest factions of all time, um, including some like DX, The Shield, uh, the NWO, and so forth and so on. And at the end of this tournament, the winning faction went to... Woo! Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen. Led by the limousine-riding, jet-flying, kiss-stealing, reeling-dealing son-of-a-gun. And there's not a damn thing you could do about it. With his expensive gator shoes... I don't. Obviously, I'm wearing Nikes, but... I mean, you, you, wanna, you get, they yeah, get the yeah, idea. They get the idea. And, 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 and to be fair, Jay, I mean, this is, I, I was really hoping that the, the, uh, the four horsemen were going to win this. Cause if you think about 
what the Four Horsemen meant to professional wrestling, not just WCW, but for professional wrestling, and well, all the careers that they've been able to... How many times have they tried to re-emulate the Horsemen, whether it was Evolution, whether it was Fortune and TNA? Yep. Uh, I mean, almost every group was kind of configured in a similar way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the main event mafia. I would even say without the Four Horsemen, we don't get the Bullet Club. So, so I it just just because of what they meant to professional wrestling and all, like Jay said, with all the factions that they've created. But think about what that has done for the careers of like Ric Flair and Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard and and Oli. Well, okay, Barry uh, Windham. Barry Windham. I mean, Lex Luger had a cup of coffee in the in the, uh, uh, the horse. Sting did too. Sting did too. So did Paul Roma. Paul, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Say it a little bit louder. Go ahead. Paul Roma. Steve Paul Mungo. Roma. McMichael. Uh, uh, a person, uh, well, I'll just refer to him as Voldemort, uh, uh, was also in the Four Horsemen briefly. So was the Goat Dean Malenko. Right. My second favorite member of the Four Horsemen of all time. <laughs> what, what was? Wait, 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 wait. So you're putting him either over Ric Flair or Arn Anderson? I'm putting him over Ric Flair, if I had to. I'm sorry, I... I have an unhealthy obsession with both Dean Malenko and Arn Anderson. They were my two. They were two of my favorites in WCW. And I would have said it would have been Sting, but Sting was only in there for like like three months. Like he was in there for a cup of coffee and a piece of pie. I'm sorry. And it was just it was just crazy just to think like Ric Flair and Arn Anderson were the only two members that were in part of every single version of the Four Horsemen. Psycho Sid was in the. Was I, in the I enjoyed when Psycho was Sid was in it. Um. But like Flair and Anderson were the two like the mainstays of the of the four horsemen. Obviously, Ole Anderson was the first one of the horsemen to actually be taken out of the horsemen. It was probably because of the fact that he booked Clash of the Champions thirteen so terribly that he not only was kicked out of the horsemen, but he was kicked out of WCW and no longer in charge of um, creative. Uh, Thanks, Black Scorpion. You know, Mike. As far as four horsemen go, I, I would. I would slightly disagree. I, I just didn't like most of the, uh, once they started continuing the Four Horsemen into the mid-90s, I was fine when they brought Barry Windham in. Yeah, I did. I was too. And, you know, like the bits where they had Sting in there, it was to serve a part of a story because they wanted Sting and Flair as if they were like together to mm. bust them apart so Sting yeah. could finally get the, the title. Uh, and, you know, have uh, that, you know, without that happening, without Sting getting injured in the build-up to that angle, we would have not gotten RoboCop at Capital Combat. And that was very important. <laughs> right. Very, very important. Um, but uh, like... but uh, I just didn't like what they did, you know, starting probably like in 91, 92 with mm. the Four Horsemen where it's like, Paul Roma? Yeah. You kidding me? Kidding me, bro? Yeah, that was terrible. See, I like see like I liked it when like they had Dean Malenko and insert bad name here. Um, we're in the Four Horsemen. Yes, granted, I mean what he did was was terrible, but like him being a part of the Four Horsemen made a lot of sense. And I like and I, obviously Dean Malenko could do just about anything. And I and but I'm he only like, has a thousand and four hole or a thousand holes. A thousand holes, I know. But like. I, I liked it because at, at that point, it's like Barry Windham went off and he wanted to be the stalker for WWE. You know, and Ole Anderson wanted to book terrible wrestling matches and come up with a gimmick called the Black Scorpion. Hey, that, that didn't hey, work out. hey, hey. 
Clash of the Champions 13 is in our Hall of Fame. Jay, Clash of Based the Based on what Ole Anderson did. <laughs> Jay, the fact is, is that at some point in the foreseeable future, before at some point during this summer, I'm going to have the tournament of the worst WCW gimmicks of all time, and the Black Scorpion has secured itself a one seed in that tournament. Hashtag, it's not even close. Shockmaster, I'm sure will yeah, be, be there. I'm sure Oz and Vinny Vegas will be in that. Uh, the Dungeon of Doom will probably uh, be in there, I, even I, I, I just had him in my greatest factions tournament. Uh, I mean, Tim brought up the Yeti last week. I can never get over he and the... Uh, 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 I think he was just called the Giant at that point. Uh, dry Humping Hulk Hogan. And it's funny too, Jay. At Halloween Havoc. Because like, I want to do 64 for that. And I'm, I'm, I've been trying to put that list together. I'm trying to put a bunch of different lists together for all these things because I want to have the perfect the perfect sets of tournaments that I have for all this stuff and I'm always I'm, and, 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 and granted I know that I only have like are you going to collaborate with Curtis Axel maybe maybe because uh, that, that would be the way you could get it perfect you know how sad I was that I actually had to take the way out of that tournament I wanted to put the way in there but then I realized I was like there's too many factions that have been around for a long time that deserve an opportunity in here. And I'm like, yes, as, as great as the way is, but they've only been going on for like four months. Right. They were, they, they were, they've been a faction about as long as Sting was in the end. In, in and the Four and Horsemen. Horsemen. Yeah. And, you know, you had, to, I had to have both NWOs. I had to put, obviously I had to put Degeneration X, the Heart Foundation, the Nation of Domination, all that stuff. And I did find a way to get the Hurt Business in there. So I was, I was happy about that. Um, but at the end of the day, like we said, the Four Horsemen was dubbed the greatest goat faction of all time. Yeah, justifiably too. I, I thought of all the of all the outcomes. No disrespect to all. Oh no, no, I take that back. Santino was the Santino Morello was the worst gimmick of all time. But anyway, so Jay and I were discussing it uh, before today's episode, and we have decided that for the next round of our tournaments of fun we are going to do we're gonna do talk shows what were your favorite or what were the worst talk shows in wrestling history and we're gonna try to call them from the the different organizations over time obviously most of them are going to be wwf because the other ones just didn't have quite as successful of runs as being a company for one and two getting over a particular talk show because you think about it like the piper's pit was such a legendary talk show you had the the funeral parlor which really defined the characters of both the undertaker and paul bearer and and like to this day like seven-year-old me is like still you know seven-year-old me was freaked out when hulk hogan went on the funeral parlor and i started crying to my dad yes i started crying to my dad at seven because hulk hogan was on the funeral funeral parlor not too long after the warrior was on the funeral parlor and got shoved into a casket. Right. And that, and that, and I had nightmares for about a week after that happened. So, but like even Ms. TV and all that stuff. So that is the next one we're going to be doing. I'm going to be posting that tomorrow afternoon. So make sure you are signed up to follow us on Instagram at the F N M A R K S. I think I might expand it a little bit. Cause you know how I've been posting it on Facebook, all the matchups and everything. And then, sure. obviously, Timmy was like, hey, I'm going to put my answers here. Where we got a lot of blow, uh, Blue World Order votes. 
Oh, so anyway, shit. make sure you, you, you go yeah. on Instagram, sign up for us, uh, uh, to follow us on Instagram. And if you don't have an Instagram account, if you want to go on our Facebook when I post all the things, you can leave a comment over who you want to in each of the matchups on there too. Um, I think it just makes it, it gives me more, it gives people other avenues to do it instead of just Instagram. Oh, Mike, Mike Rainey thrown out there. He could not stand the Brother Love Show. I'm at that point now where I'm not a Bruce Pritchard apologist anymore. I, I think what he has done with WWE booking lately, I'm, I'm really starting to overlook the fact that he was actually a pretty good... I love you! Brother Big Boss is going to teach you, Brother Hulkster, a lesson in control. Love that, and then Boss Man beats up Hogan with the nightstick. So good. And and, and and for me, like when it comes to those shows, I think of the barber shop. That's the first one that always comes to mind. Even though you know Piper's Pit. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and but but if you think about it, like Ding Dong, hello. The greatest moment in wrestling history was Hogan slamming the giant. No no questions asked. In my opinion, the second greatest moment in wrestling history was when Shawn Michaels super kicked. Marty Chinetti, and then threw him through the paint, the 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 barbershop glass window. window. Is just like it's... oh, I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> Bobby the Brain Heenan selling it even better than really, really quick. And I I, I want to ask you this one. This is going to be a tough question, though. Yeah. Was Bobby Heenan a better manager or announcer? I'm going to say he was a goat at both. You're going to cop out? You're gonna, you're gonna no, I'm not going to cop out. You know what? I, I think he was great at both. He never was the manager of a champion. So I'm going to go with him as a commentator just a bit. Even though he was a manager for longer in his career than he was a commentator. Mm -hmm. Not not much longer because, you know, he, he spent six years in WCW. Obviously, he came back for WrestleMania. 17. And, 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 and had the a gimmick. And had the greatest line in the history of professional wrestling. And we are still hoping to get the Iron Sheik to WrestleMania 38 in Dallas. And hopefully he and Hulk Hogan will have some sort of... I was just about to say that. That's how you book that perfectly. You have the Sheik and the Hulkster in the ring at WrestleMania 38. You don't even give them a script. Just give them both a live microphone and just let them go. Who cares about the consequences? <laughs> What's the worst that's going to happen? The Iron Sheik's going to call Hulk Hogan a, a, a jabroni, uh, raisin tits, tell him to fuck himself and put him in the camel clutch? You know how great that would be to see the Iron Sheik put Hulk Hogan in the camel clutch in 2022 at WrestleMania? Are you kidding me? That would be that would definitely win our markout moment of the year next year. The Iron Sheik would need somebody to kind of incapacitate Hogan. He would have to align himself with somebody. And I was about to say Jinder Mahal, but that wouldn't make any sense. Mansoor? I'm trying to think of who, who else out there they could possibly... You know what? Whoever the top heel is at the time, that person's out there with the Iron Sheik. Uh, personally, spoiler alert, at, at that time I think it's still going to be Roman Reigns. All right, so we have Roman Reigns beat the crap out of Hulk Hogan, so Iron Sheik could put him in the camel clutch. I don't know, I'm glad that we that I brought up Roman Reigns because I definitely want to bring up something about what happened last night on SmackDown. All right, do it, really man. All right, so 
you know, one of, one of the things that I talk about in this is that I'm such an old school, I love the old school aspect of professional wrestling. I, obviously, growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, professional wrestling, and just like the art form of like st- the art of selling. And, you know, I remember a lot of wrestling matches used to start with the test of strength, and they would do the reverses and all that stuff that would lead to a WrestleMania 6. And it's just, I, it's just I, I love all that stuff. I love the old school stuff. I love tag team wrestling and squash matches and all that stuff. But, like, a, an art form that has kind of died down a little bit is the art of selling. Bad Bunny's performance at WrestleMania always sticks out for the fact that he was able to sell as good as he was considering he's a rapper and never wrestled the match. Sells better than John Cena. At SummerSlam 2010, yes, but like, but on that on that thought last night, they had the they had the segment at the end of SmackDown last night, and Rey Mysterio was calling out Roman Reigns after Roman had attacked him Dominic. and Dominic during their tag team title match that they had with the Usos, and um, when he he said that he respects Roman and that he wants to fight him at Hell in a Cell for the championship. And then Roman was like, I respect you. And then Ray pulls out a kendo stick and just starts blasting Roman Reigns with the kendo stick to a point where he hit him a couple times and then Roman stopped him. And I said, okay, I get it. He's the biggest heel that they have in WWE right now. They really are trying to make him out to be like this bad, this bad dude that could be unstoppable and all this stuff. Yeah. So he took like, I don't know, three or four kendo shit, uh, kendos, uh, kendo shit, kendo stick shots. And then he didn't sell it, so I was like, "All right, I'll give it, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt." Then he he hit, you know, him and Ray went at it, and then he hit Superman punch on Ray. Ray was in one corner, and Roman does this thing where he does his mating call, where he's about to hit him <laughs> with the Superman punch or the spear. And as he's doing his his roar, Dominic hits him with a kendo stick, and Dominic just starts blasting Roman Reigns with a kendo stick. Roman no sells that. At this point, he's got to be about six or seven kendo sh- stick shots in. And I'm not talking about, like, little weenie ones. No, they're, like, really hitting his ass with these kendo sticks. And then, you know, he did. He had that little, that moment. We'll get into that a little bit. But after that, Rey Mysterio grabs the kendo stick that Dominic had and starts beating Roman to a point where the kendo stick starts breaking. And Roman stops him. And it's like, I don't care who you are. You're not going to eat double-digit shots from a kendo stick. And not feel like yeah he he would oh, like he did that shit no he he that was close to to Cena SummerSlam 2010 no selling the kendo stick I'm I'm just I, that really bothered me last night okay I, I I know in the end what they wanted to do is show off what what a badass Roman's Reigns was and he's not going to be like uh, a lot of the wrestlers that after they take a bunch of kendo stick shots. He's not going to post it on Instagram. Yeah, you guys think this stuff's fake. Look at my freaking body yeah. right now. You know, but, you know, it goes back to the day days. For, for me, it's not the same exact thing, but, like, Ric Flair, when he would chop the hell out of people, and, like, you would see by the end of their match, like, their, their chest is just blood blisters all over the freaking place. And, and I just remember, like, Flair, I think, in an interview said, like, oh, yeah, I, I would chop them, but, like, you know, specifically tell them at the end of the match, you have to no-sell this after they've already taken, like, a kajillion of those. And it's like, it's like, going, yeah, it hurts. Yeah. And, and, like, I'm sure Roman was told, you got to no-sell this. 
And then you got to take Dominic and look like a wild man and throw him outside of the ring. I love that. And, and, and it just, it was so perfectly done. And the fact that, speaking of done, Kevin Dunn, for the second time in his entire existence in WWE, which is 30 plus years, actually got the, the shot right. When it came to hitting that freaking that freaking power bomb, because we all know that if if the fans were actually in attendance, he would have he would have ran towards the rope. Yep, he would have he would have ran over to the ropes and threw him out. But instead of like showing Dominic getting thrown out of the ring, he would have he would have probably spanned over to a dude in the fourth row, going, "Oh my god!" Because that's what Kevin Dunn does. That and Bill Dams. Hey. Uh, and I'll come back to like WrestleMania because there weren't seventy five thousand people there. Like, they were actually able to get good reaction shots. Yeah. For most of WrestleMania, and they actually helped in the presentation. Uh, what? But with what they're planning for SummerSlam, which is like they're going to be in a stadium and they're trying to book the best card they possibly can. They, they're they supposedly going to call out all the stops for this. We're going to get back to Kevin Dunn telling the cameramen to search the crowd to find a shot to get, and they're not going to be able to find one. But anyway, that ending with Roman Reigns doing that to Dominic Mysterio was badass, setting up for what I believe is going to be a Hell in a Cell match. Mm-hmm. With Rey Mysterio and Roman Reigns. I like what Mike just said. Oh, oh yeah. That... I enjoyed when Earthquake pummeled Hulk Hogan on the Brother Love Show, watching all the fans crying, watching Hogan in pain. I just sat there laughing at that moment. <laughs> it, it was great. Oh, it really was. It was like, and that's and like talking about the overselling. That was like when Hogan was on the Piper's Pit when he found out that Andre was joining forces with Bobby Heenan. No. No, Andre, don't go with this guy. That's one of my all-time favorite segments. I love that. That whole build-up to their match at WrestleMania three was awesome. They did a great job, and it was because there were so many goats there. Yes. Well, and Jesse the Body Ventura, don't yes. forget, was the one who set up yes, the, the meeting on Piper's Pit. He did. I mean, he's great. a goat. I'm sorry, he's a goat. And, and, and then at the end when Hogan's like, Yeah! That's what I was talking about when he was overselling it. Yeah, It's like, how much coke did they inject in him? Another, another quick question. Who do you think did more coke, Hulk Hogan or Michael Hayes? <laughs> Macho Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Warrior. Piper. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we oh. can sit there. In fact, you know what? That might, that might be a future tournament. We might be able to get a tournament of the most coked out wrestlers of all time. <laughs> One of my favorite stories of back then is when Iron Sheik went in with Vince McMahon. Uh, Sheik, uh, you tested positive for cocaine. Yes! Because he thought positive meant good. <laughs> And like, uh, uh, Sheik, this isn't good. I thought, I thought you were going to talk about when him and Hacksaw Jim Duggan got pulled over. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Because oh, okay. like, it was after they got pulled over by yeah. the cop, and yeah, that was that was when the Iron Sheik, yeah, like you said, misinterpreted what positive meant, and also the day kayfabe died, because Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan who shouldn't were in, be, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Going back to the point, uh, 
Roman Reigns, no selling the kendo stick shots, but again, in the end, looking badass by having his hair, hair not only super wet and disheveled, but throwing Dominic Mysterio. Is it just me, or is his hair getting less wet? It was definitely less wet than yeah. normal. It doesn't I, mean that he does not still have the wettest hair. He might not win that award this year, Jay. I'm just telling you, his his. He, you know who might end up winning it? A man that he used to work with, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins does have wet hair. Speaking of things that, that bother, speaking of other things that bothered me on SmackDown last night, did you see that suit he was wearing on the Ding Dong Hello shit? He's doing it to trigger people like you. Nicole, I just, I looked at it and it was funny because it was one of those situations where as he's coming out to the ring, it looked bad, but as soon as he was in the ring and there was like the the ring, lighting. You know, the lighting was so much better that it got worse. It, it was, it was like watching Clash of the Champions 13, <laughs> the longer it went, the worse it got. But Nicole's like, oh my God, he's, his suit looks like Easter. And I just, it, it's just. Do you think he owns those suits, or do you think that's part of WWE's wardrobe? I, I, I'm, I'm gonna guess he actually came up with the idea, but I, I think the, the, the for WWE is the one who puts these things together. He probably says like, "I'd like these colors mm -hmm. and make it the most absurd thing you can think of." I enjoy the absurdity of his outfits right now. I think it's, I think it's, it's creative, because. At the end of the day, what do you want as a wrestler? You oh, you want, want to stand out? You want to stand out, and you want to get a reaction from fans. And what is he doing? He is standing out and getting a reaction from fans. And people either love it or hate it. I don't hate it. I, I, I love the aspect of it. It's just they're they're hideous. The, the, the suits are hideous. Some of them have actually been not... I mean, some of the suits he's been wearing are actually... I was like, yeah, I could actually see myself wearing that. What he wore last night, I you could put a gun to my head and I wouldn't fucking wear that. Honest to goodness. But yeah, that but that the whole like, like <laughs> I I was really excited for for Seth Rollins and Bailey on Ding Dong Hello last night. I really was, and it just it was drizzle shits until until the doorbell rang again, and they were like and Seth's like oh I'm gonna get it. And he stayed and I love that whole part where Cesaro was was behind the door and then he attacked Seth Rollins and everything like that. That that was that was awesome. They did a wonderful job with that. And you can even ask Nicole this. If, Nicole, if you're tuning in, please, you can vouch for this. Um, I was actually hoping, because I was going to guarantee lock it up as my my good for this week, if Cesaro had actually hit Bailey with the swing. <laughs> I wanted him to hit the swing on Bailey so bad last night. I want... I. I because like if he had hit Seth with it, it would have been cool. Obviously, with the with the suit falling apart last night, that was pretty funny, and he beat the snot out of Seth. Yep. And of course, like then you see, you know, you see uh, Bailey going over there and just like, oh, I'm trying to fix my set. What did you do? My set's destroyed. And <laughs> told you. But told like like, you. If, like if she if she had gotten put in the friggin' the swing, I would have died. I, I told Nicole, I'm like, I probably will shit all over myself if she gets hit with the swing by Cesaro. Because it would be epic. Because nobody, who would have seen that coming? And seeing the hair flying around yeah! like that. Yeah. Her glasses ended up in the second row. She ends up in the fourth row like a Sing brother getting tossed by Randy Orton or Brock Lesnar. Are you kidding or me? Or Dominic Mysterio getting yeah. tossed. like By Roman Reigns. Oh, Roman boy. Reigns or, or uh, poor Elias' guitar getting thrown by Jackson Riker. Mm. Yeah. 
interesting what they've done with that. But we'll we'll get into that uh, in a short bit. Uh, but what 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 part of that? Well, actually, we'll get to it in a bit. Yeah, but because yeah. I, I, I have some I have some opinions on that too. So right. So, uh, but I, I I thought the segment was. It was kind of up or down, the segment, with uh, the, ding the ding dong, dong hello. hello. Yeah. Uh, I I enjoy the name of the show because it's like, you're going to remember it, and it's just, you know, annoying. Annoying is all hell. What's up, Tommy? How you doing? Tuning in on a Saturday. Wow. So. F and Mark's Hall of Famer, Tommy Nicholas, baby. Uh, Does this mean we're not getting to me? <laughs> I thought I saw that Timmy was uh, tuning in, but good times, good times. All right, so uh, beyond that, uh, SmackDown last night, uh, we did find out that, uh, I think it's next week, there's a battle for the crown. Yes. Nakamura and King Corbin. Uh, and oh, uh, shit, we the do crown that. is on the line. So, Yeah. Look at that. We got both of them. We got both Timmy and Tommy in there. Sweet. Now we just got to get Teddy, and then we can have a Nicholas party. Yeah. Talk about that DDT on my parents' floor. Oh, jeez. So good. It's funny you say that, too, because Corey was showing us all the highlight reel from his backyard wrestling. <laughs> that was that was some good shit. Yeah. You can actually see the, the video of him going through the table and, like, the leg of the table whacking him in the head and concussing him. It's funny as shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm excited for this because I, I think this is finally the 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 blow off from what's going to happen with this whole Corbin and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura storyline. Um, yeah, I, I I'm kind of just done with it. Um, I don't know what I feel about Eric Boogs or Rick Boogs now. It's it's it, it, it's like they're giving him something to do, but like. To me, he's not really adding anything. He's just there. He's just a distraction. And, and it doesn't add to Nakamura's presentation, in, in my view. Uh, it, it was always better at, you know, takeovers mm -hmm. when they would have, like, a band come out or, or an orchestra come out and play somebody in. Boogs does not do any of that for me. I'm like going... It, I can tell he's a great guitar player, but, yeah. like, unnecessary, and I hope it leads to something for him. But at least, it, I mean, he's got his opportunity, and he's shown on the main roster. You know what I'm going to say, right? Wait. What? This is a big what. What if, I should say. What if this leads to Elias and Rick Boogs? With crossing a paths uh, and have a guitar on the pole match like he had with uh, Jeff Harvey. No, they could do a duet at WrestleMania. They could do that too. They could do it at SummerSlam this year. If they're trying to call out all the stops here. And it's funny too because like if you think about it, when it comes to SummerSlam, Elias has been a very influential person at SummerSlam too. It's not just like WrestleMania because I I loved his performance at WrestleMania 35. I I, I one of my favorite things ever. And it wasn't even just the fact that the Doctor of Thugonomics came back and, and, and owned the shit out of him and all that stuff. But, like, he that was so creative when he did the guitar, the piano, and the drums and everything. So I, I'd like to see... I would actually love to see Elias have a concert at SummerSlam. Yeah. I think it'd be good. 
But um, as for this, I, I really don't understand the whole Rick Boogs thing. I, I'm, I'm really kind of already tired of the whole Shinsuke Nakamura and... Um, well, it, we're Baron getting Corbin. our blow off next week, and we're we're, we're gonna Hopefully. once and for all have a king crowned unless they do something similar to what they did with Junkyard Dog and Harley Race, where mm-hmm. you know JYD loses the match but steals the crown. Uh, but that's already happened, so I'm going to say it's going to be definitive, and I. I I think Shinsuke Nakamura is not going to keep the crown. I think I think it's going to be uh, uh, Baron Corbin. We'll we'll see about that. Yeah. I th- I I think it's going to be Nakamura because they've been really they've been really hammering away this like strong like King of Strong King style of Strong style thing. Again. Sure. Um, and my favorite part about Nakamura is now Pat McAfee. <laughs> Pat McAfee, I mean, Pat McAfee is just tremendous regardless, but he is the best part about Nakamura because he he does the same thing that Corey Graves used to do when he was down broadcast, you know, doing the color commentary down in NXT and talking about Nakamura, even though he's the heel announcer. Well, uh, one, one thing I appreciate about McAfee is uh, I, I think Adam Cole called him out at some point. And McAfee specifically said, hey, I'm right here on Friday, pal. Come up here and say it to my face and let's do this. So I would be interested if after In Your House or or even if it was after SummerSlam that we got Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole on SummerSlam. We didn't do it right. It was who again? Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole, baby! Thank you. I don't ask for a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought that was interesting, too. Like, they're kind of carrying over on that rivalry. And, and honest to goodness, like, McAfee in that match that he had with Cole at NXT TakeOver, I think it was NXT TakeOver 30, if I'm not mistaken. Um, McAfee had a hell of a match. McAfee looked good. And I would love to see McAfee get back in the ring again. I think he's doing a tremendous job on the as the uh, color Jer- analyst. Jerry the King Waller has done, you know, did matches when he was a commentator, so there's nothing stopping Pat McAfee from doing the same thing. True, but it's it, but you're comparing apples to oranges because McAfee was a punter in the NFL, and Jerry Lawler is the king of Nashville in, inside of Square and Circle. Memphis. Memphis. Oops, my bad. And Jerry Lawler only had one match at WrestleMania. It was a terrible match, but he only had one match at WrestleMania. It might be the worst one ever. It's either that or Mayweather. Or Big Show and Aki Bono. Or Earthquake and Adam Bob. <laughs> you know, man. Hey, man, that was my cousin and shit. Just because he, he spent more time in WrestleMania than I ever did, man. Anyway, let's get back to the yeah. actually getting through this. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm curious to see, and, and I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens with the NXT TakeOver 2. With what, what they and we'll get call. into that shortly. Yeah, so I'm sure. curious about that. All right, so we did have uh, Kevin Owens and Big E going against uh, Apollo Crews and Sami Zayn. I know you were a little disappointed at the beginning of this match. They didn't give me my Sami Zayn entrance. What the fuck? I don't ask for a lot. I just want a Sami Zayn entrance. And, and not only did you get that, uh, Sami Zayn Eat and, and Crews... Uh, losing in this match, and Zayn, you know, 
blaming Cruz for everything. Cruz saying he wants a rematch, and I'm going to do it with Commander Aziz next week. And Zane trying to say, like, hey, you're, you and Owens are just trying to get together yeah. to get me out of the Intercontinental. Uh, yeah. And his hair getting all crazy. It, I, it was great stuff. I love Sami Zayn. I love it. He's he's one of my five favorite wrestlers right now in WWE. And he sold that Nigerian nail almost as good as Shawn Michaels sold everything at uh, SummerSlam 2005. He sold it like Kevin Owens sold that stupid thing. And that's the only move that Commander Aziz knows how to do right. Everything else has been shit. He's terrible in the ring. But that finisher's badass, though. Not as good as the Samoan spike from Umaga, but it, it's still good. Yeah. I love uh, the fact that, by the one more thing, I love the fact that Apollo Crews called Sami Zayn an idiot last night. <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. Uh, Mike, we will be getting into, like, kind of SummerSlam fantasy booking a little bit later. And I agree, Sami Zayn is... He's a goat. He's underrated. He's really underrated. Um, another thing that happened on SmackDown last night, we had, uh, for the second week in a row, we had Liv Morgan and Carmella. Ella. Ella. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. A. The A. most beautiful woman in all of WWE, Carmella. And Not God's greatest creation. I said, yeah, Carmella is the hottest woman in WWE after 47 pounds of makeup. I'm sorry. I, it, it, it's, 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 well, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. Like, but, you know, this match right here is to help... I think more than anything, set Liv Morgan on a new path after mm-hmm. the end of the Riot Squad. And I was curious how what your thoughts were, considering that they did the whole 50-50 booking since Carmella won the match last week and then Liv Morgan won the match this week. Well, I, I'm just not a fan of 50-50 booking. Right. Uh, but for the moment, if it gets both of them TV time and exposure, I mean, honestly, this feud is being booked similar to the Corbin and Nakamura feud and and it's like yeah nobody's really getting over here but i i guess for now putting live on tv and having some sort of storyline until they figure out where to go from here um it's okay for now but it's not great i have i have a theory that they're giving Liv morgan all this tv time because she's going to be the one that ends up winning the women's money in the bank ladder match. Okay. I just, I don't know why. Because it's the only reason that would make sense of why she's the last ma- remaining member of the Riot Squad. And she has gotten, over the years, she has gotten a lot better in the ring. I actually, she used to be not very good, so like she could actually have a serviceable match and look good doing it. And you can teach that. Yes. Yeah. But I, I, I'm a fan of hers. I like to see her get the, all the opportunities. She, she looked good in back-to-back weeks. She needs a new entrance song, though. I'm sorry. Uh, Mike, I, I, I think when you're saying uh, brand extension, you're talking about having like completely separate rosters, and you want them to get rid of that. Uh, that ain't going away. Hold on. If I could quote one of my personal favorites, I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you. I just don't have the mallet. Right. The, um, the gavel. Yeah, we're getting another draft this summer. After uh, SummerSlam. So, uh, specifically with that, based off of the deals that they have with Fox and USA, the, they're only allowed a certain amount of time for crossover. And that's why they have like that once a quarter thing where like mm. you'll see people go from one show to another. Or you'll uh, 
have like the women's tag team champions mm-hmm. go on multiple shows because they only have one set of women tag team champions as far as the main roster goes. So it's just not going to happen. Yes, and nothing brings me more joy than watching Nia Jax wrestle three times a week. Guess what? No more. They're not the tag team champions. I know, that's the best part about them not being the tag team champions. So, all right, uh, beyond that, we have Montez Ford went against Chad Gable. Now, mind you, it was agreed upon beforehand that there was going to be no outside interference in the... uh, 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 what what you call it? Uh, why am I blanking on their name? Oh, uh, Otis and uh, uh, Otis and, and, and yeah, Angelo Dawkins. Angelo Dawkins were banned from ringside. Now I understand Alpha Academy is like a heel faction, mm-hmm. and it's like when you set up things like this, if Otis gets into the match mm-hmm. and somehow causes something to happen, like a DQ or what have you. Mm-hmm. There should be some sort of ramifications. All right, you were banned from ringside. Quite literally, there is nothing that stopped him from coming to ringside. Nothing that stopped him from helping Chad Gable. Like, Adam Pierce next week should say, all right, well, you're suspended. Jay, I think I think Otis Dosevich has suffered enough, okay? Because cause the, the, that's just the underlying storyline of all of that, what's going on with Otis Dosevich. The big thing is, where the fuck did his beard go? Uh, it went the it went to the same grave the Braun Strowman's beard went to. He looks like Honey Boo Boo now. Who's intimidated by Honey Boo Boo? And he's he's kill he's he's been killing it. And that was that was one of my and that match also kind of triggered me a little bit yesterday because they were promoting that they were going to do the Alpha Academy versus the Street Profits. I mean, they set up for it last week when Otis Dosevich attacked both Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford to set up for their match this week, and they even promoted it. Like, oh, on SmackDown tonight, we're getting the Alpha Academy versus the Street Profits, and then it's like, we get Ford and Gable? Which, for a match, is fine, but when well, you promote a... something, yeah, you, you got to follow through. And, and don't get me wrong, that was a tremendous match. They had a great match last night. Montez Ford is a fucking star. By, by the way, did you see Paul Heyman's comments about the Street Profits in general this week? I did not. He, he said that when those two guys are together, it's magic. Oh, yeah. And just said, you know what? You think these guys are good right now. They haven't even come close to what they can become together. And he's like, they're both, you know... They both do what they do in the ring, but as far as characters, they're capable of so much more, and they're already magic. Yeah. Oh, they're just, they're my favorite tag team in, in WWE. Ever since WWE broke away, my favorite tag team, the, no, I was actually talking about our, our favorite tag team, Heavy Machinery. Right. I mean, yes, the bar is up there too, but. The bar um, is the bar. They're, they're. But like the Street Profits, they're they're just they're killing it. They're hitting on all cylinders. They're gonna win the tag team titles at some point. I'm looking forward to them and the in the Usos having like a long standing rivalry, kind of like what we had a couple years ago with the, the New Day and the Usos. I would kill for that because they're they're that good in the ring and they're and they and the way because not only are the Street Profits killing it on the mic, the Usos are doing the same thing right now too. And Jimmy's fucking and Jimmy returning is the greatest thing ever. It's thrown so many monkey wrenches into, you know, what Roman Reigns has been doing and wanting to do. Yeah. And 
how Jay just kind of became a, a loyal servant to the tribal chief. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy's like, no, bro. But the way that they w worked that storyline last night was like, usually we could crap on writing for WWE. Like, what they're doing with the Usos is like pitch perfect and, and just... The way that Roman Reigns is kind of manipulating to bring Jimmy into the fold with... Mm -hmm. I like it, but I also liked at the beginning the fire that Jimmy had saying, yeah. hey man, the reason why Roman did that, hey, we were going to win that match, and we were going to win the titles, but he, you know, it's got to be all about Roman, and he doesn't want anything for ourselves, mm -hmm. for, you know, us. Yeah. And, and just, I love that dynamic and, and how Jay was just like, hey, I'm not getting caught in the middle of this. I'm out of here. Yeah. And then Roman just like every see you did that you did that your brother's been doing better than he has and you know in this well, past yeah, year when yeah. you've been gone I love and it. now look what you just did I, I I'm it, it's it. great and I know that you and I are, are kind of on the same page like if they're gonna beat the, the you know beat a dead horse about certain things we'd rather them split the time amongst all different types of storylines instead of concentrating on one singular storyline unless it's really good. And what they're doing right now with the whole Tribal Chief and the Usos is good. Well, and there's more than one thread going through this because the Mysterio storyline is going along with this. Yeah. So there are multiple threads that they're weaving into this, so it's just not the same thing every day, every week. Mm -hmm. So they, they've been crushing it with this. Now, there are other aspects of the show you're just like, Ding dong, hello! Oh, uh, shit. I got nothing more to say for that. I just, I, they're, Roman Reigns is, is hitting on all cylinders. And he has been since he returned. Since he returned at SummerSlam last year. All right. Uh, basically, we, we, we have covered SmackDown. SmackDown. All right. Should we, uh, should we go? And I, I'm going to say this too since we're on SmackDown. Is it weird for me to say that when it when it comes to watching the three hours of Raw, I feel like I'm just sitting there and it's taking 95 hours to watch a three-hour show, and I'm like, I don't know why they're having three hours, but the two hours of SmackDown, I don't feel is enough? Is that weird? Uh, no, I mean, when I watch Raw, I feel like Rip Van Winkle by the end. <laughs> nice. I like that reference, Jay. I like that. That's, that's such good shit, pal. It is such good shit. Um, yeah, and I just, I, I actually look forward to SmackDown every week now. I yeah. love SmackDown. It's the best show. And, like, obviously with the, the whole, because they're going to be doing the, the new draft again this summer, Roman Reigns ain't going nowhere. What's up? Thanks for tuning in. Always appreciate it. Make sure you're liking, sharing, commenting, and, and all that sorts of fun stuff. Get the word out there so people could listen and watch the Effin' Marks podcast, and also make sure if you miss the show, you check us out on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts and all those sorts of great things. Yeah? Yeah? Oh, that felt good. That was for my soul. Yeah. Um. So, all right, let's, let's get into Raw a little bit. All right. All right, so th there was, I, I mean, for me it was something like, 
I'm not going to say completely out of left field, but it was not exactly what I was expecting. They had a number one contendership for the Raw Tag Team Championship, and it was a battle royal. I'm not a huge fan of them doing battle royals mm-hmm. to decide who's going to be the next team to get a shot here, but, you know, my money would have been on RK Bro winning this thing so they get a tag title opportunity. Uh, but, shockingly... Two in the pink and one in the stink. We ended up getting the Viking Raiders. I like it. I, it's it's a little... Because, like you said, everybody was kind of expecting RK Bro to get it so they could get the title shot. But, like, people still need to remember that the Viking... The Viking Raiders, the Viking Warriors, the Viking Machine, the Viking, the Viking Experience. Experience, the War Raiders, the War Machine, whatever the fuck they're calling themselves, are still the best tag team. They're still one of the best tag teams in all of WWE. And they are a very decorated tag team, and I'm glad they're getting this chance because obviously I think it was Ivar was the one that was out for about a year. I think so. With the with the bruised uh, neck, I think it was or the yeah. yeah. Contusion, neck contusion, and it's like it's great to see them back because they look and he looked good. He didn't look too rusty when he came back. Yeah, uh, the raw after I think WrestleMania was when he came back. Whenever it was, but like I I, I like it and I I think that this is good and this is going to be a fun thing for like a, a fun little rivalry we're going to have for when they they fight and I think this is going to be a good way to showcase Omos and see what he's like in the ring. Obviously AJ Styles can have a phenomenal match with anybody. Eh, 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 like I that? see what you, you did like there. That? And with with Omos, it's like, you know, I actually saw a thing out there where people were, like, saying that Great Kali was better than Omos. I'm like going, please. Stop! I I think some people are putting their rose-colored glasses on. Great Kali is nowhere near as good as Omos is right now. Omos's match at WrestleMania was better than any match that Great Kali has ever had in his entire career. Truth. I'm not even even joking. And I think Omos has a very... Very bright future. I think his ceiling and his floor are really good. You know, the ceiling is, you know, obviously. Um, I think, and he, he's fast. That's what gets me the most about him. He's like seven three seven four, and he runs like a, like a quasi-gazelle. Right. And it's just, it's impressive. And I think having him work with AJ Styles is perfect. Yeah. AJ Styles could teach me how to wrestle. Right. And gets so. the broom. Blow up, doll. Boxing Grammar 62. Right. Um, I, 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 I'm glad that they kind of did it. I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I, I was kind of surprised they did a number one contenders battle royal. Like, I get it for, like, like a singles title, but, like, the tag team titles, I never understood that as a, as a concept. But I am glad that the Viking Raiders got the win. Um, yeah, Sir Joey, as far as the Hurt Business goes, uh, when they took Cedric away and they took Shelton Benjamin away... It, it was just a bad move. They should have kept them together, but Vince McMahon was, you know, dug his heels and said, I'm breaking up the Hurt Business. Hurt Business was much better as a unit. I'm glad they kept MVP with Bobby Lashley. With all that being said, I, I'd like them to have a couple more members in the Hurt Business, uh, but right now they just got the models with them. Yeah, I, I think that Dijakovic and... Uh, um... T-Bar and Mace. T-Bar and Mace, you know, Dajakovic and uh, D.L. Madden should be the guys that end up being in the Hurt Business. And Slapjack. And Slapjack. We just need Slapjack, period. I don't care where he is, we just need Slapjack. (laughs) I mean, because we find a way every week to talk about him on the podcast. Yes. 
Clash of the Champions 13 and Slapjack will be brought up. And, and we will Adam Cole ourselves. Yeah! And obviously, something very important happens every week, too. Something's happening. Something's happening. So, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how all this happens. But I, I don't think they're going to put anything anybody back with him. I would, I, I would. I it's going it, to be a little while. It's going to be. I think it's going to be a little bit of time. But I do. I could see them bringing in like a tag team thing because like MVP could manage the world heavyweight champion and the tag team champions, and I think it would be perfect. Kind of like what they did with the Hurt Business, because all three members between Bobby Lashley, Cedric, and and Shelton draped Four in members. gold. Well, obviously MVP had the the knee injury. But yes, you're right. Four members, but like the three of them, and like MVP, just draped in gold was it was it was fucking awesome. I loved it, and and it, and MVP has been the MVP of Monday Night Raw. Ah, see what I did there? Great. <laughs> oh come on, that was that was that's such good that was such good shit. Right. Uh-huh. All right, so we're clearly setting up for a triple threat match for the U.S. title cu- coming up. At Hell in a Cell. It's a shameful thing. So, uh, we had uh, Sheamus showing up with a a mask after getting his nose obliterated the week before by Humberto Carrillo. Uh, but Carrillo and, and Ricochet were in a match. And whoever won that match was going to decide who was going to face Sheamus for the U.S. Championship. Uh, we had a double countout. So... It's clear we're going to get a triple threat match. This is, you know, WWE will get stuck in these damn patterns, and they mm. they brought a couple of them back again. This was one of them where, like, going, oh, we're, oh nobody won, so I guess we're going to have a triple threat match. Or uh, we had later on another one of our favorites, uh, the people who are challenging, going against each other for a championship are forced to be a tag team. We got that how many times maybe in WrestleMania season, maybe. and now we we, we we continue to get it. Maybe we should do that as a tournament at some point. Things that Tism, the brainless one, and Cousin Jay. <laughs> the F and Marks Tism tournament of Tism goatness. It would be the 50-50 booking. It would be the champions losing clean in a non-title match. Coco it, Beware being in the Hall of Fame. Uh, pay-per-view, you know, pay-per-view rematches the following night on Raw or later in the week on SmackDown. You know, pay-per-view matches for on free television, I should say. But Greg the Bunny, right? Um, it's I don't know. I, I don't even know how. It's just like I'm, I, we've been watching it for so long, like it doesn't even phase me anymore. That's the problem because it's Vince, right? But um, I I I, I mean, obviously, I, I'm glad that Humberto Carrillo, and obviously. You know that I'm very happy that Ricochet is getting this opportunity. And I just think it's stupid because it just seems like with that, it just seems like because not too long after AEW did the exact same thing because they were having their number one contenders match and that ended in a no contest because uh, firstly, Squeeze got squashed, literally, and wasn't able to finish in his match against uh, the Keebler Elf. So we had that triple threat match. And it just seems like each and every week, like, AEW and WWE are just like, hey, let's see who could do what better. Who could do something dumb better? Oh, it's obviously it's it's freaking AEW. Because WWE is not stupid enough to put the title on Kenny Omega. Yep, well, hold on. This is, yep, not too bad. 
They they put it on Great Kali. I'm I I I think putting on Kenny Omega is actually a better decision. Right? Am I right or am I right? Right? Right. right. 50, right. 50, 50 some odd people have won the WWE championship. Not that not that that title that they got from WCW, the WWE championship. The the title that the legendary Bruno San Martino once held. Great Khali never held that title. Does that mean Mark Henry never won the title? That's no, different. That's Mark Henry. <laughs> that's oh, that, you hey, are now hey, WWE hey, logic. That, that's brainless logic for you, which is not different than WWE logic. Yeah, uh, Mike. As far as Slapjack goes, I mean, there were rumblings that he, he was going to show up on SmackDown with Mia Yim, but it's clear that those plans kind of got put on hold for one reason or another. We'll see what happens as far as that goes. Kenny Omega is the greatest of all goats. No. Wrong. Kenny Omega... Alright, do I have to do it again, Jay? How many times do I have to do it? <clears throat> yes, I get it. He's number two in your programs, but he's also number 14 in the PWI's Top 500 Wrestlers of the Year. You can't be a goat if you're ranked 14th. You can't be a goat if there's 13 people who were better than you last year. You can't be a GOAT if nobody gives a fuck about you when you're World Heavyweight Champion of 87 different fucking organizations and none of them are WWE. Nobody cares. I don't care. I haven't watched AEW since Kenny Omega won the title. And it's a, it's a shame because I actually like Don Callis. So I, I, I just, I can't. I just can't. It'd be like watching Nia Jax as the Raw or SmackDown Women's Champion. It's just drizzle shits and stupid. Uh, speaking of Nia Jackson, things that I want to see. That's a hell of a segue, yes! Ava Marie, they have set a return date for her. That's not the segue I was looking for, <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> yeah! Oh, coming, soon to, <laughs> coming soon to our TV will be Ava Marie. Uh, and another thing that is coming soon to our TV is more of Lily and Shayna Baszler. Tim, Tim, Timmy's a little thrown off by the fact that you were able to figure out the whole situation. It's, it's, it's funny too, Timmy, because this is actually the the same seats. It's just Jay found a way so that, because um, he had to do it with the, the way that the camera was on Facebook. We had to do that in reverse. So technically, we're sitting, we're, the, we're right. sitting the right way. It's just, it looks different this week. Yeah. Because this is, this is different. I fixed it. Yes, he fixed it. He fixed the glitch. <laughs> But I didn't redeem my paycheck. <laughs> I was, and, and it's funny too, because like I know this whole thing with Lily and everything, and and, and uh, Alexa Bliss. We were curious to see what this was going to lead going forward, because they had that there was a match. I want to say it was a six woman tag match. Yeah, it was a six woman yeah. tag match, and they were trying to figure out who was Alexa Bliss going out there to attack. And I was like, oh, you know, Charlotte Flair makes the most sense. I'm like, I, I would love to see Alexa Bliss and Asuka go at it, but clearly she went after Shayna Baszler because she, I don't, I don't know, right. Because why, why instead of having, you know, Asuka something to do after her rivalry with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte has ended, why not put her in the, in the storyline with Alexa Bliss? No, the fact that Shayna Baszler, who's still in the middle of this stupid love triangle situation with Reginald and frickin' Nia, Nia Jax. Jax. By the way, Nia refers to him as Reggie. I'm sure she does. Mm. 
I'm sorry. I, I couldn't tell. Okay, I, I, I'll be honest with y'all. Whenever Nia Jax is on my TV, I'm not watching. I get up and do something else. I will either go to the bathroom or I'll wash some dishes or I'll mow the lawn or, or wash my car. I just refuse to watch them women on television. I can't do it. She's terrible. She's god awful. And the fact is, is that since Britt Baker has won the AEW Women's Championship, I've seen more highlights of Britt Baker getting squashed by Nia Jax five years ago than I care to admit that I've seen. Okay? I'm just, I'm tired of it. Nia Jax is the absolute worst wrestler in the history of fucking professional wrestling. Okay? I would say... Are you ready for this one? Are you ready for this one? Should I get the defibrillator ready for this one? Okay? Uh, are, are you, you going to say that... Uh, I think I know what you're going to say. I don't think say you it. do. Say I don't it. think you do. Say it. David Arquette is a better wrestler than Nia Jax. All right. What about the great Kali? What about Nails? All right. I, I think I, I, I got you to think. That's a tough thing to do, too. See, here's the thing. The great Kali actually killed somebody in the ring. It's just a matter of time before WWE gets shut down because Nia Jax kills somebody in the ring. So, yeah, because it's going to happen. Somebody put nails. <laughs> nails was fucking, was, was trash, too. That might be another one. because I know Gigante. I know that we did the, uh, um, I know we did the tournament of the worst gimmicks. Maybe I should do another tournament of the worst wrestlers. Mm. And the Snooki would not be on that list, though. The world! Yeah, the, the, yeah, the Ray Mysterio did kill, technically killed somebody. Yes, that's that's true. Ray, Ray Mysterio killed somebody in the ring. It was terrible. Very sad. I mean, that was just, that was just a wrong place, wrong time situation. Uh, the great Kali was just very reckless when he killed. Not that, not that I'm justifying somebody killing somebody else. I'm, I'm not by any means. It was uh, like great Kali didn't do it like New Jack trying to stab somebody to death in a match. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have laughed. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I've, I've already established I'm going to hell, so it's fine. It, 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 you know what? We are all capable of salvation as long as we're still alive. In the 2015 Royal Rumble. And there's somebody who is still alive in that match. And guess who is not still alive in that 2015 Royal Rumble? Hornswoggle. Bingo. Yeah. And it's great because Tommy's actually watching. <laughs> All right, so uh, we did get Nikki Cross and a partner of her choosing, who ended up being Asuka, the GOAT, uh, going against Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Tell me if you've seen that before. No, 30 plus years of watching professional wrestling. We, never we, we, we've never seen the never the, seen that the, the, the partners who are about to wrestle for a championship match uh, be on the same team. It was shocking. No, never seen I was that. like, oh my God, look at this. I've never seen this before. This is so creative. Yeah, I've never seen it before. Never, never, ever, ever. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Uh, so the, the outcome of this match was that Nikki Cross and Oscar won, and it was because uh, natural selection happened to Rhea Ripley. Nikki Cross got the pin, so you know we're going to have the continuation of the Charlotte and, and Rhea feud. In my personal view, I think they should be in a Hell in a Cell match. If this is, I mean, this is the pay per view we have next week. I think they should do the match in the cell 
but it looks like at this moment it's going to be the two men's championship matches in the cell. I agree that I think that at least one of the two women's championship matches should be inside Hell of a Cell. And I think that one should be the one to be in the uh, Hell in a Cell. Because obviously the one on SmackDown, Roman Reigns and Rey Mysterio makes more sense to be inside the cell than Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Well, and... if you're talking overall length of feud, yeah, obviously the Lashley, Lashley one uh, makes sense. And, you know, I pitched this last week, and I know it's not going to happen, but if you're talking about a blood feud that needs to be settled Kevin in the Owens cell, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn should happen in the cell. If you're, again, like, this is supposed to be your blow-off to a feud. You brought this pay-per-view four months earlier than you normally do. Hopefully that means that they're bringing back Halloween Havoc. I know that they did Halloween Havoc for NXT last year. Mm. I'd love them to do Halloween Havoc and, and do it for the, the main show. Right, me too. All that being said. Halloween Havoc was my favorite WCW pay-per-view, by the way. It was great stuff. They had the best fucking stages. They, they, they were good, and they had Tony Schiavone every year at his house scaring children. Yes, they did. Um, Tony Schiavone's a goat. Beyond that, though, I think they should have this match in Hell in a Cell, and I just don't think they're going to. But, you know, these two ladies crushed it, in my view, mm-hmm. uh, at WrestleMania, you, uh, little less than a year and a half ago i'm sure they're gonna have another great match but just the way they booked it specifically this past week it's like thanks for getting as creative as you did hold on i gotta orange cast it yeah thank you for the generic booking of this thank you that makes this not stand out in any way shape or form thank you for making this vanilla thank you for being a friend yeah I cannot believe I just sang the Golden Girls thing. Oh my god. I might. You know what? I think after this, Jay, you're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get over the goat saying yeah. It's like me. I'm a goat saying yeah, and that's a goat saying yeah. You're a goat saying yeah. Jeff's a goat saying yeah. Yeah? Yeah? I can't believe I got that over still to this day. Um, so, uh, we won't be getting that match soon. Right. At Hell in the Cell. Hell in the Cell. Ho- hopefully they do something less generic coming Monday on Raw. Ooh. But guess what? I have a sneaking suspicion they're not. Mm. And it'll probably be in the third hour of Raw while Rip Van Winkle is still <laughs> asleep. Royal Rumble. Sorry. Um, I, w- I was just thinking about what you said about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I'd love to see them, like, wrestle inside, like, a Tim Hortons. <laughs> I was thinking of the most... I'm sorry. I thought the of most the most Canadian, Canadian thing, thing I could think of. And it's like, okay, the most Canadian things I could think of is uh, Jim Carrey as special guest referee, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens wrestling in an I- in a, on an ice rink. It should be in Maple Leaf Gardens. It should be, yes, it should be in Maple Leaf Gardens. Uh, I figured uh, Brett, Hall, uh, Brett Hart on a, on a forklift match. Uh, wrestling inside of Tim Hortons, uh, a Tim Hortons coffee on a pole match, um, a hockey stick on a pole match. Um, who can say sorry the most? Sorry. Sorry, sorry. There are a lot of things they could do. It'd be great. Molson. <laughs> they can have a Molson bath. 
<laughs> instead of wait, instead of the beer path into a maple syrup bath. <laughs> There you go, Sir Joey. A maple leaf death match. Ooh, I like that. I like that. That's good. I I, I really want... I, if they were going to do it, if there was two people I really wish that they would do some, like, like every type of fucking wrestling match with, it's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. What if they had... I, I have them fight all the way across Canada. Yeah. From Toronto to Vancouver. And if you want to go even further east, have them go from uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia... All the way to Vancouver, and you sit there and have them on planes, trains, and automobiles beating the hell out of each other. And Steve Martin. you know they end up running into Steve Martin and Martin Short while they're trying to rent a car. Yes, and and they need to, when they're in. And the best part is they when they're in Quebec, they need to have a moment where they like they knock each other out and they look and you like see the boots of a Mountie, and it turns out it's the Mountie. There are so many that, great things. That, there's so many ways that they could book, book that, that. beautifully. You know what? Put that in SummerSlam this year. From Las Vegas to Halifax to Vancouver. Holding these balloons. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, Jay, we, we could we could book for WWE and it'd be 100 times better than the bullshit that they got now. That's what Vince McMahon needs to do. Vince McMahon needs to hire the effing marks to be the head of talent relations and the head of creative. I, I, I like it. I, I, I think it would be tremendous. Tremendous. All right. Well, let, let's get through the rest of this so we don't have a seven-hour podcast. Yeah? All right. Uh, so we had uh, Kofi going against Matt Riddle. Right. And, and part of this was set up earlier in the, the, the evening or when they did the Battle Royal. Yep. And RK Bro and New Day were near the end of the match. And so you have Kofi against Matt Riddle at the end. Uh, Matt Riddle did the draping DDT and was setting him up for the d- doing the RKO and to not Kofi Kingston reverse trouble in paradise uh, gets the victory. And it, it continues the storyline between New Day and RK Bro. And, but I, I love how Riddle reacts. To Randy Orton in particular, it's great. It, I I I do love it. Yeah, I so, I so do I. And I love the fact that Kofi's getting booked the way he's getting booked too, because a lot of people were were saying that after he lost the championship, the way he did the Brock Lesnar, he wasn't booked as well. And I think that with him getting a lot of really good victories in the singles division is a good way. On top of the fact that he's still been pretty good booked, like tag team wise. I mean, they were just tag team champions at WrestleMania, so. One of the things I'll say with this for Kofi, I like the little thing they had backstage with he and MVP. Mm-hmm. And MVP just saying, you know, you lost a match. You had an opportunity to go against Lashley for the WWE Championship. You lost. And he's like, you're just comfortable with losing. And what's wrong with you? Kofi getting all up in his face and like going, Hey man, there are kids out there that see me keeping on getting up, and, and that's what I'm there for. And you know, you're not going to tell me how I'm supposed to go about my business. Right. It, I, I I love that bit. It, it was so so good, and, and you know, telling you where the character was coming from, MVP specifically as the mouth mouth mouthpiece for Lashley saying, "Oh, you know." 
he wants the notoriety, he wants the money, mm-hmm. wants the fame, and that's why he does what he does, and Kofi coming from his point of view. One of the few times where on Monday Night Raw they actually were clear character-wise, like, these are the motivations. This is why I've got an issue with you. But he wanted to, you know, he wanted Kofi to help do some dirty business with Drew McIntyre. And yeah. Kofi's like, nah, I'm not having it. Sir Joey, that actually thought that thought actually crossed my mind too that Kofi could turn heel and join the Hurt Business because it would be so far out of right field that nobody would expect it. Or left field. Or left field or center field or the bleachers. I could play center field. Um, but another thing, um, speaking of MVP and Kofi, MVP actually came like he. They posted that that picture from him and uh, Kofi Kingston from Monday Night Raw, and this is part of the reason why I really love MVP as one of my all time favorites. MVP came out and said, there was no bigger fan of Kofi Mania two years ago than me. He goes, I was so happy for Kofi when he... And that and I, I love that that aspect of professional wrestling, where two guys that have worked together for a long time, who, who were rivals with each other, and just like the respect that MVP has for Kofi Kingston and what he's done in the ring. I, I just love that stuff. It's such good shit. It's such... It's great shit. Yeah. Uh, continuing with MVP, they had a contract signing for McIntyre and Lashley where the stipulation is if McIntyre does not win this match, he will never, ever face Bobby Lashley again for the WWE title. And McIntyre's only thing was it needs to be in Hell in a Cell. So they both came to an agreement, signed the agreement, and... Here we go, Lashley and McIntyre in Hell in a Cell. Uh, McIntyre more or less saying, hey, Lashley's never been in one of these matches, and I'm going to teach him a few things. Oh, that's great. I didn't realize that Lashley was never in a Hell in a Cell match. So, Wow. You, you know, I, I, I think he did not quite get to, you know, if you were in a Hell in a Cell match, you were part of a main event. Yeah. And... Before this current run with WWE, his main event was in WrestleMania against Umaga. Uh, and, and he was, you know, the proxy for Donald Trump. President, former President Donald Trump. Uh, and he, he just didn't get to that level to be in a match uh, uh, with that high of stakes. So, now he is. What was the what was the, the ECW show? Was it the December to December? Did, yes. Where he, he won the Elimination Chamber? That was the only other time I could think of it. He actually made it into the pay-per-view. Right. Until, like, oh, I don't even think he, has he main evented one yet? I don't think he has. No, I don't he know, hasn't. but he, he yeah. you know, he and McIntyre curtain jerk WrestleMania, but they they set the tone. Yeah, they had a great match night one. Yes. Even after the rain delay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seeing Samoa Joe in a, rain, in a poncho is still one of the greatest things. It's like the last thing we could possibly see him do in WWE. <laughs> Well, speaking of Samoa Joe, there are rumblings. Samoan Submission Machine may be coming back to WWE and NXT. I don't see it happening. I think they still have thoughts that his concussions uh, are going to prevent him. But Unless he's coming back to NXT to be like a coach. If that were the case, John- Jonathan Coachman would come back. Yeah. And speaking of uh, uh, recently released wrestlers who could potentially be coming back, 
Um, there was a report coming out earlier this week that the, some of the higher-ups in WWE were surprised by the release of Aleister Black, saying that it wasn't his fault that he was kind of lost in the shuffle, and it was because of the fact that they just kind of lost, they just poorly booked him the way they did and that he was just prematurely released, and there was discussions that people that were higher up are talking about bringing back Aleister Black. I would love to see Aleister Black come back. And as much as I love Samoja, I'd rather see Black than Joe. But that's because Black's a little bit younger. It doesn't have the concussion problems like Joe has. When it comes to Aleister Black, they had just started a storyline. If they bring him back within the next couple of weeks, they could continue it. Yes. My, most of my problem with that is like they had started a story with Big E. They had just reintroduced Aleister Black. And then you just pull the rug out of not only Aleister Black, but Big E. It's like, I think they have huge plans for Big E. I think they're going to have him challenge against Roman Reigns oh, some point, for the title at yeah. some point. Well, you, you've now taken the, the next step that he's supposed to take and taken it away. And deflated it. And, and even said with that, when you bring Aleister Black back, if they were going, like originally I thought they were going to have their first match at Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And when you bring a guy like Aleister Black back with vignettes like that, they would have had to have Aleister Black win, and it would have just, again, confused the heck out of me. Like, so what What are you doing with Big E? But, again, I think they have long-term big plans for Big E. He's a big dude who can move, who obviously has shown a ton of character in his time with the New Day, and they're doing some like little subtle tweaks with it that I enjoy. Biggie is capable of so much, and I'm looking forward to see how they arc his storyline. But right now, he's got nowhere to go. Like they put him in this tag match last night. Like it's like it was like a couple weeks ago. They they found a way to get him out of this rivalry with Apollo Cruz and kind of just put an end to that by having him start this rivalry with Aleister Black and like last night all they did was they just inserted him back into the fold for that and I just it's it's just lazy booking well and beyond lazy booking like it was in my view a poor management decision which now has derailed Big E and it's no fault of his own just like Aleister Black getting lost in the shuffle no fault of his own they took him off TV and then like again if you're planning on possibly releasing this guy, why are you even putting him back on TV? Obviously, it's a spur-of-the-moment decision. Now, all of a sudden, spur-of-the-moment, they're like going, maybe we shouldn't have got rid of him. That senile old fuck should just give up the company. But the thing is, if he sells the company, which I think may happen... I think they're going to keep him on it as part of the deal to be to manage the company. I don't think Vince McMahon, even if he sells the company, is going anywhere anytime soon. And that's I, a bummer. And I, and, I, and I will say this. If they did find a, a buyer that came out there and said, Vince, we're going to buy the company, but you need to stay the fuck out. I could see that being like a Joe Pa situation. Like, I was convinced that Joe Pa stayed alive for as long as he did is because he was still on the sidelines coaching Penn State. And once all that shit came out with, and I'm not condoning this by any means, obviously, but like after all that shit came out with fucking Sandusky and they relieved Joe Pa of his duties as head coach, he was dead within weeks. 
of all that happening. And it's like that dude lived to coach Penn State football. Just like Vince McMahon lives to to torture WWE fans by by taking certain things. And it's like and 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 don't get me don't get it don't get it twisted. I'm not saying everything that Vince McMahon has done has been stupid. Obviously, Kofi Mania was based on Vince. Vince made a decision to go with Kofi Kingston winning the title at WrestleMania a couple years ago. And 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 what he has meant for the wrestling business, yes, it's great. It's just He's just old and senile now. Right. So. All right. Uh, another thing we got, uh, we did have Jeff Harvey going against Cedric Alexander on Monday Night Raw. We actually did have Jeff after he got beat up by uh, Jinder Mahal a couple yeah. of weeks ago. For a couple weeks in a row, uh, he actually did get a victory over Cedric Alexander, more or less saying, Cedric, you, you, you got to learn some respect for you know, the people who have been here for a while. So the whole lack of respect thing, I hope this is something that will at least catapult Cedric a little bit Mm -hmm. more than what he's been doing. Uh, With that being said, where's Jinder Mahal? They reintroduce him to take him back off of TV. You got three hours of Raw. Can't you figure out something to do with the guy? You brought him back. Like on TV, made had him squash Jeff Hardy. Yep. Now Jeff Hardy's the one with the storyline. I'm surprised Jeff Harvey. I'm surprised Jeff Harvey. I'm surprised Jeff Hardy wasn't the one that actually got axed instead of Aleister Black. Cause he, cause they were talking about like some of the people who wanted to get released got released, and they're being more open about it. And I think it's because of the fact that they know that if they release Jeff Hardy, he's going to join his brother, the man, the the Slammer of Tornadoes over at AEW. And that that whole thing, like AEW is a fucking mess too. Don't get it twisted. AEW is a fucking mess too. I, 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 I but the, that's the head the of the Dark Order, Negative One, is uh, not allowed to uh, go to AEW quite so much right now because uh, his grades have slipped. And I love the fact that people are all up in arms about this kid. It's like, come on, man, the dude, just, the kid just lost, lost his, his dad father. not even a year ago. You know, they, they they're basically like his family now. You know, the, the Dark Order is just... I love the Dark Order. I, I am just... I've been on board with the Dark Order since they debuted in AEW. They're one of the few things other than Adam Page and, and the guy with the orange juice that are... That, that's really... That's it. And Jericho. That's it. That's all they got. I like Cody. I do like Cody, too. But, like, I like Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy, yes. I think that... I think Jungle Boy is... Yes. He, he's got his match against your boy, Kenny Omega, coming soon. I'm just tired putting of... Putting him in in championship match. That that ain't bad for building him. Yeah. So. The son of Luke Perry. Right. But, yeah, I didn't understand Jeff Hardy getting that victory over Cedric Alexander on Monday. I'm, I'm sorry. I just... It didn't make any sense. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's Monday Night Raw, so we should just expect this. Now, one thing that I, I, I kind of not completely expecting last week, I, specifically after they had cut all the, the different folks from uh, WWE, I, there were talks that there might be more coming. And one of the names that I thought would be high on that list would be Jackson Riker. But they have done a complete like change of the character with him, and they're bringing him back to his military roots and trying to make him like the all-American hero. Like, you know, when we grew up, it was like Sergeant Slaughter and Corporal Kirshner, you know, military, like, and, and, you know, but at least with with him, he was legit military and and not just playing one on TV. Sergeant Slaughter didn't serve in the military? 
He may have, but like he, I, uh-huh. I don't think he he was like, like Jackson Riker was in a war zone, where Sergeant Slaughter was, if if he did serve in the military, I don't think he was in any war zones. All that being said, they're you know they're trying to make Jackson Riker a face, an American hero, and Elias has gone back to being a heel, uh, and I, you know, where he's solo heel on his own. I, I love that. I love Elias. But at this point, it looks like they're going to use Elias to put Jackson Riker up to the next level. Uh, Jackson Riker ended up throwing Elias's guitar almost completely up the ramp. It was almost as far as Brock Lesnar could throw a Sing Brother. It, it, mm-hmm. And the guitar broke, uh, but the two of them had a match. And Jackson Riker won by a countout because Elias just was like, you know what, I- I've been taking enough punishment here. I'm not even dealing with this dude. Mm-hmm. And But it definitely seems like they're going to try to build Riker up from this feud. The gimmick of Sergeant Slaughter is that of a former U.S. Marine who fought in the Vietnam War. Robert Remus, which is his real name, yes, uh, himself never served in the military. This has caused controversy because at times... Remus has talked about military service while seeming to be speaking as himself and not in character. <gasps> if the guy could sell it, what's the big deal? That's how I look at it. He was also the voice of G.I. Joe for the longest time, and that was the best thing because I used to love that show. Uh, what I'll say about that is I think it works better if they actually did it. Yeah. Uh, when they came out with uh, the Marine sequel, at one point they were going to have Randy Orton in it, but because Randy Orton went AWOL, and got kicked out, a lot of Marines came forward and were like, uh, no, no, you cannot do this. And that's how The Miz ended up getting the, the, that role. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, inevitably, I think that's how Miz is going to get his Johnny Cage role. I like to see him as Johnny Cage. I would. He, I would he looks that. the part and, yeah. you know, can do the physicality for it. So I, I'd love to see him as that. But, you know... Serving the United States in the military, you know, it's a thing of honor, and that's what they're trying to do with Jackson Riker. Mm-hmm. Show off the honorable Jackson Riker, you know, him getting, like, you know, shaving a bit mm-hmm. and, and cleaning up his hair so he doesn't look so grease. Yeah. You know. All right, I'll see what they do with him. Uh, I, I liked him when he was Gunner in TNA. He had a run as a TNA champ. Uh, he looks great. He does... All right, in the ring, let's see what he does as far as on the mic and delivering this character. I'll I'll, I'll wait and see. It's funny you said uh, Johnny Gage, because I was thinking I don't know why, but I, it made me think of Gage. Oh, and I'm thinking of Nick Gage. Yeah, who was the star of one of the episodes of the most recent seasons of Dark Side of the Ring, and it's just so funny because I was actually going to mention it today. Um, Nick Gage was at a wrestling show this week, and after I guess his opponent, there was Druids as part of the thing. Oh. And one of the Druids got in the ring after this match, and you know, everybody's cheering Nick Gage. Ah. And the Druid kind of did the, I'll see if, I could, see if I could pull it off, did the John Moxley. I can't do it because it's a terrible angle, I'm sorry. But he like he did the, the Moxley like, walk in there, and then he hit him with the uh, the paradigm shift. And everybody's like, oh my god, it's John Moxley. And then the Druid takes off the mask and it was fucking Matt Cardona. I was like, holy shit. I was not expecting that. And then fast forward, 
Cardona was doing a live version of his podcast. And who tries busting the whole thing up and coming through the crowd and is getting blocked by security is Nick Gage. I love this. The way they've set this up, it's using like more modern stuff Mm -hmm. to set up an angle. And that's something Cardona's always been good at, whether he was Zack Ryder with the Z True Long Island story or, or, or... Anything along those lines. The fact that they were using a live setting for his podcast Mm -hmm. to have this happen. And, and, you know, Cardona, like, you you, when he was acting in the video that they showed online where he's, like, dropping F-bombs left and right. Let's F it. Like, it it was great. I, I, a lot of fire. I love the fact that. This dude, after getting released from WWE, is like, he's still going out there. He's still getting over in any way he can and in different ways. And to me, it just shows that Zack Ryder, a.k.a. Matt Cardona, was years, light years, ahead of WWE as far as booking and understanding what the hell the people of this current era of wrestling want to see Mm -hmm. here in just a different way of moving stories forward a thousand percent agree and i the one thing i took away from this was when he hit the because he hit the paradigm shift and i'm like oh shit and then he took the the, the mask off and he's he's feeding off the fans he got nuclear heat oh my god i will respect anybody who could get a reaction the way he got a reaction out of fans during that when he attacked nick gage i i was like that is some good ass shit right there I was so impressed with him. Matt Cardona, I want to see this match. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I want to see this match. Yeah. It's going to be entertaining. Because I'm curious to see how Matt Cardona is going to do in a death match. And one of the things things that really I thought was interesting during this whole exchange between the two of them was that Zack Ryder was like, Nick Gage talks about how he was locked up and put in prison. He go, and Zack Ryder was like, I was locked up in prison in WWE for 10 years. Don't get me started about Nick Gage being locked up. And then Nick Gage is like, I don't take anybody seriously who plays with dolls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Nick Gage is like, Nick Gage went from, I, I've heard of him sporadically over the years to a guy that I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm, all, I'm on board with Nick Gage. All right. But, yeah, I, I, I saw that and I was like, I have to mention that today. All right, so um, I think that's it for did, Raw. Yeah, because we already did Lily and yes. Shayna mm-hmm. and all that jazz. And yeah. you also mentioned the fact that that talentless non-wrestling bitch is going to be debuting in about two days. Yeah, you love that. You I absolutely love, love that. That bothers me that you love that as much. And as they want her to be a face. You know what that means? Right now. Currently, Nia Jax is a heel. Why? Why do you want this, Jay? Why do you, Why do you want my brain to melt? My non-existent brain. Why do you want my non-existent brain to melt? I mean, that's a big part of it. I want your brain to melt. I don't want your brain to melt. I'd never like like I don't see like I don't go out there and go ha ha ha. Hey, look, Kofi there's Kingston. a there's a champion who just lost clean in the non-title match. Well, oh, that's what I want. Uh, Coco, I, I, beware. 
Oh, look. Oh, yeah, that's that's what it is. A champion loses clean in a non-title match, but Coco, Coco. Beware is the referee or something like that. I don't go, ha, ha, ha. I know Jay hates that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, no, I don't do that. I'm not I'm not a spiteful individual like a certain somebody in this podcast. I get it. <laughs> this is this is some bullshit. I don't understand why you want to. Why would you want to subject me, not just me, but all of our friends, all these marks that tune into the podcast every week. Why do you Why do you want to subject them to Nia Jax and, and Eva Marie? Because I want another match added to the bracket of the worst matches ever wrestled. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. You know it. it the brainless one's going to make that happen. It's going to be part of the thing. I love tournaments, so I, you give the, me a the tournament. You is give me a reason to do worst a, matches. You can give me a reason to do a tournament. I'm going to do a tournament. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hell, I mean, I'm. I'm I, I've already melted my brain last weekend because as I was doing the factions one, I was coming up with ideas of like the greatest entrance songs one, and I'm like, Too well, that, that's going to be 128. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to take like a month or two. <laughs> uh, I agree, Tim. Nia Jax versus Eva Marie Bro, is I, going to be an instant classic. I'm going to tell you right now, this ganging up on the brainless one from the Nicholas brothers and, and, and Jay here, <laughs> is, 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 it's bothering me. Yeah? Because I... I it, <laughs> Because I got one one Nicholas brother, you know, he, he's sitting there talking about Hornswoggle being in the Rumble longer than, than Curtis Axel. And then, and then I got another one that just eggs me on. And then I got you, who just wants to see my brain melt that doesn't even exist. Because you are Nostradamus and you've come up with all these predictions and you scare the shit out of me because of the fact that you've gotten all these predictions right. And the only thing I've actually gotten right was Nia Jax pulling out both ACLs. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So, you know, WWE has specifically said that they want SummerSlam to be the biggest show of this year. And they said that they are going to try to pull every card they can to make that happen. What cards do you think they're going to pull and what matches do you think we're going to see? And which ones do you want to see? Well... I, I do think that because of the fact that the, they're, they're going to start touring us, I saw the DD. He wants me to get DDT'd. Um, that, that's fine, Timmy. He can DDT me, but if he DDTs me, you're not going in the Hall of Fame. Ooh. Yeah. Um, All right, so what uh, do I want to uh, see? What matches do you want to oh, see? Oh, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. No fucking question. That, that's, the, that's the one match I want to see. SummerSlam, Survivor Series... Uh, bash at the beach Halloween I don't care I want to see that match that's the one match I really want to see and I'm curious to see how WWE is going to book SummerSlam because they, there's a lot of people out there that they can that they can bring back they can bring back Brock Lesnar they can bring back John Cena because John Cena has been speculated to be returning who's John Cena going to be feuding with is he going to go and fight Roman Reigns is he going to go fight Bobby Lashley I mean because you could you could basically book him for either one of them and it would make sense well, well, could, well they have Edge come back I, I think Edge is going to be coming back and having a match at SummerSlam just don't have him wrestle Randy Orton for the love of God Right. Please do not have him fight Randy Orton again. I'm, I, I'm, no, no more. Right. Uh, I really do think that Cena and Roman's going to end up happening. I do think that Brock and Bobby, I don't know if they'll happen at SummerSlam, but I do see that happening at some point. 
Um, Becky Lynch is another name that keeps getting floated around. Do I want to see her on Raw? Do I want to see her on SmackDown? Do I want to see who do I want to see her fight? I think Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley would be a tremendous match for the women's championship if Charlotte Flair doesn't fuck everything up. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. If Vince McMahon doesn't fuck everything up and make Charlotte the champion again. Um, uh, Tim calling for Edge versus Rollins. I, I, I'll take that match. Oh, absolutely. Um, what if they what if they pull the wool over everybody's eyes and Daniel Bryan comes back at SummerSlam? Goes against Kenny Omega. I mean, if they're pulling out every card, every card could include letting AEW show up at at the hottest show of the summer, the biggest show of the summer, and. Again, if they're pulling every card they can, I mean, I know there's been discussions of New Japan also having a relationship with WWE. Do we get to see, like, Okada versus Brock Lesnar? Like, it, would you prefer to see Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar or get something that we never thought in a million years we'd ever see? Because Lashley and Lesnar, if Lesnar you know, comes back to WWE, can happen from now to eternity. Mm -hmm. If there's a New Japan partnership, some of these things could be once in a lifetime. Who would you want to see from New Japan go against somebody from WWE? Easy. I mean, do you sit there and get Shinsuke Nakamura going against somebody that he's gone against at but, the Egg Dome? But like Tanahashi, like Tanahashi versus him or NATO versus him. Yeah, that, that would be great. For me, it'd be the Gorillas of Destiny going up against the Usos. That's the first one that comes to mind. And I know there's been a lot of like exchange. There's been a lot of heated exchanges between Tomatonga. Toma, Tama Tonga yep. and uh, Roman Reigns over the years because Roman Reigns doesn't see him as a real Samoan or like he's not from the lineage because you're not one of the Samoans. And it's like, yeah. He doesn't have a place at the table. Right. I, I'd like to see that. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing like Zack Sabre or Kota Ibushi go up against like Ricochet or go up against somebody like Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, yeah. Fucking Dolph Ziggler. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could do things New Japan versus WWE-wise. Uh, so, I, I, I think we've definitely landed on Lesnar and Lashley, and this is something I've been talking about for a while. I would prefer to be in something like the Lion's Den match, mm -hmm. like they did with uh, Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock all those years ago. I would love to see it in that style of match. Now, I know Lashley being WWE champion, it seemed a little strange to book it in a non-traditional you know, pro wrestling match. But that would be my preference. Uh, beyond that, things that you think are more likely to happen as far as a match, like if Edge is there, who would be your preferred opponent? Rollins. Styles. All right, Seth Rollins. Rollins or, uh, Rollins or Styles. Specifically Styles just because Edge and Styles, their paths have never crossed. Okay. And I know that there was a point where Edge even thought about moving to Impact Wrestling, and he could have worked with AJ Styles. But now that they're both in WWE, I, that's, I need to see that match before they both retire. I'm sorry. I just need it once. SummerSlam, you know, Night of Champions, whatever it is, I need Edge versus uh, AJ Styles, just for my personal um, self. I, I'm, I'm, if the New Japan thing happened... I would love to see, like, Rey Mysterio versus Okada. Just throwing that one out there. Um, beyond that, I, I, I'm, like, 
I don't know if they'd try to call Goldberg in. And if they did call Goldberg in, is there a specific person you would want to see a person like Goldberg go against? Gilberg. I mean, you asked. Will you be serious? No, there's really nobody, like, for me, for Goldberg. Like, I... No, there really isn't. Okay. That that match with The Undertaker in Saudi Arabia, just like... I, that, that the one with there. him and Dolph Ziggler oh, that was that. Oh, I love that. That was that. exactly I how it needed to be. I love that match. Because you know me, I love squash matches. You do love the squash matches. And the Goldberg was the king of squash matches. Literally the king of squash Literally. Matches. Um... One match that I, I thought of, and if Nicole was tuning in, she could actually vouch because she was the one that told me about this. Brie there was a page that... <laughs> Please don't. Every time I bring up Fandango in that house, I, I, I know I end up sleeping on the couch. So I'm not... No, I'm not doing it. Uh, one match that she said that she read online was Walter, the NXT UK champion, going up against Finn Balor at SummerSlam. Yeah. I would yeah, fucking yeah. love that match. You know what? I think it's going to happen. Finn has been talking about wanting that match. Yeah. You know another match that could, I think could conceivably happen if it's not Finn Balor? Drew McIntyre and Walter. Oh my God, I would love to see that too. McIntyre recently stated in an interview, I want to face him. Walter has said the same thing about Drew McIntyre. They're both big dudes from Europe that will freaking throw hands. And they, and they can move like... For guys who are, not, who are pretty big, or not as guys big, yeah. They have, they had, I think, a couple of minutes in the Survivor Series match, but other than that, they have not been in the, they have never been in the ring in a singles contest. I'd love to see the two of them. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to go out on the ledge when I say this. I know that a lot of people from NXT have not transitioned well to the main roster. Obviously, Elias is, I, I think that Elias is one of the ones the that... The Four Horse that, Women. The Four Horse Women. Elias, um, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, they've all had like great runs. But like a lot of people have been lost in the shuffle. I mean, Bobby Roode's made well for himself. I think he could have gotten more than what he got. Nakamura, sure. same thing. Um, I mean, Nakamura like won the Royal Rumble and, you know, went against AJ Styles at WrestleMania for the title. Yeah. and You can't complain about no, that. No, but like I, I still think they could have booked him a little bit better. He should have won the championship at the end of the day. I'm sorry. But Walter, when Walter moves from... NXT UK, whether he goes to regular NXT or if he goes right to the main roster, whenever he decides that he wants to go to the main roster, he's going to make them a fuck ton of money. And even Vince McMahon can't fuck it up with Walter. Because Walter is exactly what Vince McMahon jerks off to every single night. Yeah? So. All right. Who would you like to see Trish Stratus go against? Would you prefer her against Bianca Becky. Belair, Becky, Sasha, Becky? Becky? Becky. Okay. I mean, I know that Sasha is the one that's been most talked about. Mm -hmm. My feeling, though, is if you want to make it something big and mean the most, I think it would, in my view, mean the most for somebody like Bianca Belair mm -hmm. to get in the ring with her. Just like a few years ago, you know, they booked Charlotte versus Trish yep. at SummerSlam. So, that would just be my view. I would I would want to see Bianca go against Trish. Well, let me ask you this one. So, let's say Elias, like, heading into SummerSlam, he beats Jackson Riker. And then they're like, alright, Elias, you don't have a match at SummerSlam, but we're going to let you play 
have a musical act again. And they have him come out and do the musical act. Who would you like to see interrupt him? Jeff Jarrett? Or the Honky Tonk Man? I mean, and the Honky Tonk Man, like, he's definitely aged quite a bit over the last couple of years. Yeah. But I would, I mean, that's the Honky Tonk Man. He's the Honky Tonk Man. Are you kidding me? That would be awesome. I would love to see that. Because, I mean, they technically already done the Elias and Jeff Jarrett bit. They've already done a lot. I mean, like, Elias could do anything with just about anybody. And that's the beautiful part about Elias is that he can feud with anybody and it will make sense. Right. Because he feuded with Cena and it made I, I love that. That was, they did that so beautifully. Edge came back at SummerSlam and, and speared him. And it, it actually hit him with a really good spear, too. His spears, since he's come back, are a lot better than the ones that he was giving yeah. in the last couple of years when he was uh, on his first run. Right. Um, I, 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 what would you like to, but in all honesty, what would you like to see Elias do at SummerSlam? They're in Las Vegas. Honestly, I would love to see him go to like one of those places where there's like a residency and he's sitting there performing there and he gets his performance interrupted by whoever the musical guest is for Wrestle or for SummerSlam. Wayne Newton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, they're in Vegas. They're gonna be in Vegas. Wayne Newton is Vegas. But the Wayne most people don't know who the heck Wayne Newton is anymore. We do, but as far as Las Vegas goes, the Blue Man Group. You. I, I think right now, like, what they'll do is they get a, a bunch of bands to do residencies. If they get, okay. like, a, a band to, mm-hmm. to to interrupt him. A, and or, you know, maybe he gets attacked by, like, uh, one of Siegfried and Roy's old tigers. <sighs> you see, Timmy, it's, it's stuff like that, that that can actually make you a surefire future FM Marks Hall of Famer. Because I, I love that. Tom Joe, that's good. I like that one. With the fact that they're in Vegas, I mean, do you have somebody from the Raiders come and, like, tackle him? As long as they don't do, like, John Gruden, because that would be like, all right, well, AEW just did Urban Meyer, so now if they do, like, John Gruden, I'll tell you what, man, I like me a good SummerSlam match. I'm sorry, I gotta work on my Gruden. But... That, that that's what oh my, uh, my, my my hope would be for for something like that but mm-hmm. is there any other like out there things slightly out there things that you think could happen there's been talk of the rock showing up at survivor series yep. to start a possible feud with roman reigns that will culminate at wrestlemania i mean it also could is they the 25th start anniversary it there? it is the 25th anniversary of the rock's debut in wwe debut and that'll be at survivor series, series. This year, yes, I think Cena. I think Cena is the big attraction that they're going to get for Russell, or for SummerSlam this year. And Lesnar. I only see only one of those two coming back. And if I had to put my money, I, I, I just I don't know why. I just got this feeling that it's going to be Cena over Brock Lesnar. I think we have a better chance of seeing either Samoa Joe and NXT or Aleister Black coming back than we do of seeing both Lesnar and Cena. I hope I'm wrong because I, lo- I you know me, I love Brock Lesnar. Any Brock Lesnar is better than no Brock Lesnar. All right. I mean, if, if far out there, that could, I mean, I, I maybe CM Punk? That would be way out there. Right? That would be way and, out there. 
And if he was facing anybody, who would you want him to go against? He, like, I think the thing that makes most sense is Triple H, but he's gone out there and said, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that match. There really isn't anybody in WWE because it's like, you know, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan is kind of walked, you know, he's done. I think Daniel Bryan's just taking a break and he'll come back. It would make sense. Um, him and Rollins would be, I'd love to see that. You know, the, the CM Punk and Bray Wyatt, The Fiend. They kind of have unfinished business, technically. Well, well, I guess we'll see. This is fantasy booking, and again, if WWE wants to do something a little different and bring more fans in, then great. Hopefully it's good. Not bad. Or brainless. Right. See what I did there? <laughs> All right, that... so uh, I think that mostly covers, like, you know, just our thoughts on things that they could possibly do and some far-out things that they could possibly do for SummerSlam. Uh, so, uh, let's talk a little NXT and get into NXT in-your-house predictions. Okay. I am loving the Cameron Grimes, L.A. Knight, Ted DiBiase, that whole thing. And you know me. I, you know how much I love Ted DiBiase. And I know that you've been a little critical of how they've handled L.A. Knight so far. I think we're, we're going to see something that you'll enjoy oh, I, I coming soon. I, I really, I think that tomorrow, those two in that ladder match for the Million Dollar Championship is going to be, forget about the fact that whoever wins the match is going to be the Million Dollar Champion. They're going to have a great match. They're both very capable of it. Cameron Grimes gets overlooked a lot for how good he is in the ring. And because of his character. Because he's character. And his character is out there and outlandish and all. And I love it. I love Cameron Grimes. He's one of my favorites in NXT. And I, I, I do like Eli Drake. I really wish they made him Eli Drake. This LA Knight shit is so fucking stupid that it just makes me sick. But them setting up for this, making it a million dollar title match, making it a ladder match for the belt. I love that, what they did that on Wednesday. I think that it's it's going to be great. They're they gonna, could steal the show. I think they are going to end up stealing the show. And I think it's and it's going to be kind of like that slap in the face to Impact because it's both two guys who were big time players in Impact. I I love that they introduced the million dollar championship. I love that they actually took their time by having million dollar man show up. I mean, remember when they first had Cameron Grimes do yeah. the million dollar yes. man stuff? I'm like going, oh, it's just like the million dollar man back in the day. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, million dollar man shows up, and I don't know. If that was just an idea that they pitched to him in the middle of the process, or if he was supposed to be part of this process the whole time. Either way, I think it worked seamlessly into what they're doing now. And I I believe that this is what is going to launch L.A. Knight to not being where he's at now. I'll just put it that way. But I, I loved how, you know, Million Dollar Man came out and made the announcement for this. Just something a little different. You know, yeah, it's silly. Like, going, who gave him the power to do that? That's like when they gave Finley the power to put Becky Lynch into the Royal Rumble. Even so. Or the fact that Adam Pierce was the one that basically brought the referees down at the NXT match between uh, Nia and Shayna versus uh, Raquel and Dakota Kai. And he brought his Raw referee with him. Yeah, I, I didn't like that either. Right. Um, I... I, I <laughs> I'm curious to see where they're going to go forward with Ted DiBiase. Like, is this like once the match happens tomorrow, is Ted DiBiase going to go back to the retirement home, counting his millions of dollars, and or is laughing? he going to manage? 
Is, is he, he going to manage, manage like he did the, the ringmaster? Yeah. Or is he going to manage whoever wins the match? I love, would love to see him manage one of those two. Sure. I, but that's, I'm sorry, that's just me. I just, I have a personal preference because of the fact that Ted DiBiase is my favorite heel of all time. I yeah. love that that whole thing. He was perfect. He was he was he was great. And I really do hope that they get that petition going to make his WWF title reign an official title reign just because of the whole domino effect it's going to have. Because, you know, The Miz you know, talks about how he was the 40th WWE champion of all time. Has a jersey that says Miz 40 on it. If he becomes the 41st champion, that's going to fuck everything up. Uh, Tim, as far as uh, writing goes, I, I think Bruce Pritchard is uh, overseeing both shows. I'm not sure which one he is. I don't know if he's head of both. Uh, but I think they go through him to get to Vince. I do know that Paul Heyman has a lot of say on SmackDown. And you can tell, just because a lot of the guys who wouldn't get those opportunities are now getting opportunities. I mean, I, I, I think that Paul Heyman's solely responsible for the fact that Apollo Crews is getting the, the, the push that he's getting. So, uh, But I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I'll have to... Bruce, Check on that. Bruce Pritchard runs Raw and Brother Love runs SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So we had uh, Oni Lorcan go against Austin Theory in a match. What a great match that was. Oh, sign me up anytime Oni Lorcan's in a match. The dude wrestle, just goes out anything. there and, and he wrestles a style I like, which is, you know, more of the hard hitting. Yeah. And, you know, he's not the prettiest dude, but he goes out there and beats snot on at anybody who doesn't tell him he what he wants to hear. He's been with NXT for a long time, too. Yeah. I, I think he's over the Coco Beware line. I think he's a future Hall of Famer. Uh, he could be. Uh, but, you know, this fed into uh, later on. Uh, the <laughs> uh, what the heck was the storyline it fed into? Um I, I, I'm getting all mixed up with everything here, but it might have been with the Triple H Regal and Poppy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it did because um, Poppy ended up hugging um, Dexter, Dexter Loomis. Loomis. Yes, so it, it did kind of play a hand at the and, and that ended up causing Indy Hartwell to get upset. But drizzling diarrhea shits is raw. Yeah. It's comments like those to me that also will help you get into the Hall of Fame. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, y- y- you know what? My, my, my notes are making sense now. My, all right. So at the end of the, this match, we, we had Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunne fighting outside the ring. Mm-hmm. And this obviously is feeding towards our fatal five-way that we're going to get at In Your House. Yes. But Austin, while Austin Theory was out there... Mm-hmm. They had this, but uh, Johnny Gargano talked this week in an interview about how, for the way, he he is like the sitcom dad from the 90s, mm-hmm. and how that wasn't how it started, but that's what it is now, and everybody within the faction is completely on board, selling it in every way, shape, or form. And the fact that they continue the Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell thing is just oh, they're, they're, fantastic. 
clearly whoever writes for NXT is, has nothing to do with what's happening on the main roster. That's all I'm going to say about that. Sure. Because they, they just every storyline that they have going on down there makes makes a lot of sense. It does. I love what they're doing. NXT, I mean, I like what they're doing on SmackDown too, but like Raw is just hot garbage. Yeah, with a couple of things here and there where you're like going, I have hope, and then they kill your hopes and dreams. You actually have hope that Raw's going to that rebound? RK Bro, come on. Jay, the hurt business. Jay, they, come they, on. They, they, they give you the hope. And they then, did. And then what did they do? They took Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander out of the hurt business. MVP and Lashley are still great. But That's the only... G- Slapjack, need I say more? The, the RK Bro and, the, and, and Bobby Lashley and, and MVP are the only good thing that is on Monday Night Raw. Sheamus? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. give you hope, yeah. and then they pull the rug out from underneath you. Uh, really quickly, is there was there ever a tougher tag team than Sheamus and Cesaro? Sheamus, who had his nose broken? Holy shit. So. Him, and, him and Cesaro are some bad motherfuckers. All right, well, let's get moving here. All right, uh, we had Ember Moon going against Dakota Kai, and she defeated her via DQ because... Raquel Gonzalez got involved. Ember Moon at the end stood tall here, which we all know what this means. I'm And I'm saying it right now. Stone Cold, lead pipe lock. Raquel Gonzalez is going to retain her title. Wow, you're using your lock on that? I'm using my lock on wow, that. Wow, I like it. I, I like it. I, 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 I'll let you know in a bit. Where right. I stand on that. Um, now this play, at, at least... Storyline-wise, is not playing into anything that is happening officially uh, tomorrow on In Your House. But Swerve Scott went went against Killian Dane, and Swerve Scott with his faction. new faction, Hit Row, uh, defeated Killian Dane with you know Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick in his corner. I like what they're doing with Swerve Scott. After, like, it looked like they were going to eventually have him break through and win the Cruiserweight title, and he never did, I'm glad they turned him heel and they've given him something to sink his teeth into. Mm -hmm. And unlike with uh, Slapjack and Mustafa Ali and Mason T-Bar and Reckoning, you know, even though Swerve Scott was not, like, Anywhere near the top of the card, I feel this faction has a chance because, you know, they didn't build them up only to have them lose immediately. I like what they're doing. I hope that this will raise all of them up to the next level and have, you know, maybe Swerve Scott is the one who takes away the title from Bronson Reed or Kushida. I can see either one of those. But I, I agree. I 100% agree with you. With like, I love that faction. I love what they're doing with Isaiah Swerve Scott. I, it's 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 something that nobody was expecting, and I'm just glad that they didn't. He didn't get lost in the shuffle or forgotten or all that stuff because he's too damn talented in the yeah. ring to get overlooked. Absolutely. And and that and that futures tournament that they did. Look at all the fucking guys they got. From they got that. from it. They got plenty of. So. Uh, we had Io Shirai returning after a very a couple of months of uh, yeah. being off TV, well deserved time off. She had been like champion for what was it like fourteen months Something or like so, 
Uh, obviously, it was during the pandemic era, but, you know, there's a lot of weight put on you if you're the champion, and she took the women's division up several levels, and she had gone through every opponent she possibly could. So, and in my view, it's made it difficult for uh, poor Raquel Gonzalez. It's like, oh, who do we have her go against? It's like, it's clear that they specifically split up Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon because, like, well, Ember Moon was the champion. Okay, she could feel like a legit contender. Yeah. To Raquel Gonzalez, but it's like there's not many people in line after that right now that you can say should get a shot at Raquel Gonzalez. It might be Io Shirai getting back into that mix, but here uh, she beat down Candice LeRae. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if they let like Mercedes Martinez have another sh- crack at her, but I, I think that they have something else in line for Mercedes Martinez. So yes. obviously she's not going to be in that. But I mean, she's still somebody to throw at Raquel Gonzalez if you need somebody. Right. I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset if Indy Hartwell got an opportunity to go up against Raquel Gonzalez. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see where all of this leads but it was good seeing Io Shirai back on TV and we'll see what they do with her uh, this time around uh, and to end the show uh, we had basically Karrion Cross calling out all his opponents saying like if you guys are going to get me you better get me now because we get in that ring come in your house you guys don't have a prayer if you're going to get me get me now and Regal's like no no we're not doing this and of course melee, melee. ensues Everybody, it looks like Karrion Cross is going to stand tall, and then Adam Cole, baby, super kicks Karrion Cross and Adam Cole, baby, stands tall at the end of this, uh, at the end of NXT, mm-hmm. and the the fatal five way at this point for me, I I feel like it's almost like the toughest thing for me to call as much as I feel smart money would be on like Cross hasn't had the title that long keep him with the title I think they're going in a different direction so we'll see because there's a lot of speculation that he's going to be the one that gets caught up to the next to the main roster next because they're because obviously with the two rounds of releases that they've made over the last couple months that they're going to need people especially on, on Smackdown Smackdown got ravaged Smackdown only has seven women's wrestlers and two of them are the tag team champions. So it's like, I could see Karrion Cross coming up there. And I could see Karrion Cross being a guy that goes up against Roman Reigns, because that would be, I, I sign me up, 100%. But then again, with Karrion Cross, anybody on the main roster, I would love to see him go up against. McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, freaking Sheamus. If you had a returning uh Bray Wyatt, where he was in shape. I would love to see The Fiend versus Karrion Cross. Oh, that was another one, yeah. The, the, the way the promos would be. Yeah. Um, uh, Andy, eh, I don't know which one is the balding young buck. I'm going to just go with both of them. I think it's the, the guy that works with uh, the brainless one, Matt Jackson. Associates himself. I don't work with Matt Jackson. Right. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. All the young, the young bucks and the, uh, the, the other Matt Jackson. Um, and we'll see, uh, you know, rumors possibly of Adam Cole, baby, going up to SmackDown after SummerSlam. And we talked about it before that Pat McAfee, the current announcer, 
has actually uh, continued what could possibly be the rivalry that they started a couple years ago in NXT. I think my brain just melted. You know, and maybe we maybe we get Kenny Omega versus Adam Cole, baby, at some point. Uh, well, maybe we get Kenny Omega versus Kevin Owens. That would be great. No, it wouldn't. It'd be terrible. It'd be the only thing worse than Eva Marie versus Nia Jax. Don't eat brown snow. How you doing, man? Always a pleasure, Kevin man. Marks Hall of Famer. Don't eat brown snow. And to this day, still has the greatest handle in the history of social media. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I really, I, and, and it's funny too, because like I know where I'm going with all the matches and the outcomes and all that sure. stuff. I really, I, I'm, it's going to be a shot in the dark for me in that Fatal 5 way. I, yeah. I really have no idea which way they're going to go. Because I could see them going a bunch of different directions in this. Because yeah. like you said, the easy money is on carrying cross, but I have a I have a sneaking suspicion on somebody, but yeah. I, I'll, I'll wait till I get yeah, to that well, point. Well, we finished with NXT, so it, it is time for predictions. Before we get into our predictions, make sure you like, share, and comment, and uh, get your friends to watch, view, and what have you, and we are at the F-N-M-A-R-K-S on Facebook, on Instagram. Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube. Uh, and also look for us on Spotify. Uh, so make sure you like, share all of that stuff out. All right, so let's get into the NXT In Your House card. Is there five matches? Uh, there are of course there five is. matches. Because it's NXT TakeOver, and for whatever reason, we can only get five matches on the NXT TakeOver card. All right, so for this, I, you know what? I like that they only have five matches because it allows them to be 20 to 30 minutes, and they don't have to rush. So, uh, really quick, uh, Andy just asked, did the Authors of Pain retire? No, they did not. The Authors of Pain have come out specifically and said, we ain't done, bitches. And they took a picture of them with Paul Ellering, which I love that, seeing that. Uh, which tells me, based off of how AEW rolls, they're going to AEW. Oh, yeah, easily. Because AEW enjoys having a little bit of the nostalgia with the guys from the old NWA and WCW and moving it forward. So that's where they're going. One of the best things that AEW did this year was bring back J.J. Dillon. Right. I love seeing J.J. Dillon. Because he doesn't look too bad. No. Because he's like 9,000 years old. He's looked probably 65 years old for the last 30 years. Uh, Really quick, who was the the WCW guy who used to get drunk all the time? Scott Hall? No, not not, the... the, uh, he was on Clash 13. Uh, was it Gordon Soley? Oh, Gordon yeah, Gordon, Gordon Soley. Gordon Soley was the raging alcoholic. And then the super-duper old guy who was like 9 million years old. Hi! <laughs> Sam um, Sam something, I think. Sam Muchnick. Sam Muchnick. Yeah. Hi! From out of uh, St. Louis. He, he was wrestling in the 1700s. <laughs> let's get back to TakeOver. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> all right. So uh, an interesting match here. Winner takes all. Bronson Reed and MSK going against... Legato del Fantasma. So, Bronson Reed, the uh, North American champion, MSK, the tag champions. If Legato del Fantasma wins, that means Santos Escobar and and his cohorts will become North American champion and tag team champions. Why am I... Am I really the only one that has a problem with the fact that Santos Escobar, who just lost the Cruiserweight Championship... Is now in the North American title picture? No, I, I have a problem with that. What I have a, also a little bit of a problem with, it's like if I'm Bronson Reed, am I trusting MSK 
Because if one of MSK gets pinned, I lose, you, you lose, I lose my title. But on top of that, like, you know, with Legato del Fantasma, it's like, all right, ride or die. Th- these people determine my life and my livelihood, where it's like Bronson Reed and MSK, they don't really have a connection. So Bronson Reed could lose his title conceivably with you know, somebody be, who's not like... Without factoring in the decision. And it won't be like his brother in arms or anything. I, I, I don't know how I really feel about the booking of this. I, 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 I... Anyway, I, I'm going with Bronson Reed and MSK. I think it's yeah. too early to take the titles off them. I think this is going to be a fun and fascinating matchup, though. I agree. Uh, I'll go with them. I just don't see because I, I thought they were too quick to put the titles on MSK, but here we are. All right, so uh, Mercedes Martinez is going against Zia Lee. I've enjoyed what they've done with Zia Lee as a character ever since she came back uh, to TV. <laughs> and having her go against Mercedes Martinez instead of continually going against squash matches or people on the lower end of the card, you know, I enjoy the fact that they're stepping her up a notch here. <laughs> I think they keep going with her. I think Zia Lee gets the victory over Mercedes Martinez. Agreed. I'm going to laugh if we go five for five. On, on We both agree. Five for five. Uh, Cameron Grimes going against L.A. Knight in a ladder match for the million-dollar title. The way that they're booking right now, it looks like Cameron Grimes is going to be the one that's going to be taking this title. He's the one with the – he won all that – he made all that money off of the stock market and everything, and he's the one that basically is kind of like – he Beetlejuice Ted DiBiase into existence in NXT is the best way to put it. And I think that was a great analogy, by the way. Um, so with me, it, it, it looks a lot like they're going to go with L.A. Knight. I hate to say it, but it looks like they're going to go with L.A. Knight. And it makes the most sense because L.A. Knight hasn't really done shit other than win his first couple matches. And, you know, he helped Bronson Reed turn heel and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, Cameron Grimes, he's just, I, he, I get the sense he's like the lovable loser. And that he's not going to end up on top on this one. And I think Ted DiBiase is also going to factor in the decision. But I think that uh, Eli Drake beats uh, Trevor Lee in this match. All right. Uh, I agree. LA Knight, <coughs> bless you, gets you. the victory. Uh, and I don't know if uh, Ted DiBiase is going <coughs> to have anything to do with it. But I think it's possible he gets involved in, in some way. Uh how many times has he thwarted Cameron Grimes along the way? He'll probably thwart him, I guess, in some way, shape, or form. I don't know how. And perhaps, again, become L.A. Knight's manager and be part of the presentation. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, I agree. L.A. Knight. And we did have Andy saying that he thinks Cameron Grimes wins this match. Okay. All right. <laughs> Don't worry, Andy. He, 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 he's gotten the shot. I've gotten the shot. We're good. Yeah. No COVID here. I've been vaccinated for quite a few months now, too. So. All right. Uh, women's championship match. Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. I already called this before. Raquel Gonzalez. Same. All right. Uh, the main event, uh, which is a fatal five-way. Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne versus Johnny Gargano versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, baby! 
I'm going to go with Kyle O'Reilly wins this match. We did it. We did it. We went five for five together. All right. We went five for five because I was 100% going to say Kyle O'Reilly. I think that this is perfect. This is the perfect opportunity to give Kyle O'Reilly an opportunity that he deserves. And this is a way you get the title off of Karrion Cross. He still looks strong in the process because you could have any of the other guys lose this match and and, and Cross can and lose it. He can get the rematch and then move up to the main roster. And, and in my view, Kyle O'Reilly would have a still made match for the title with Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, they, they had their unsanctioned match. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that, they were still arguing and fighting in the hallway of the hospital. Yeah. So that told me that this was not quite done. Not to steal the name Pete right. Dunn. The, the, the one thing that I think is going to be crazy about this is that one of the guys in this match is going to have to eat the pinfall. One of them. I don't even know which one. I mean, I could I could make an argument that any of them can win this match. I cannot. Gargano make an is going to eat the pin. I I'm going to so, go so. with, just based off how the characters have been. Again, uh, you, you know, this is similar to the whole idea of uh, Santos Escobar mm-hmm. having an opportunity at the North American title. How does Johnny Gargano, after losing the North American title, have the opportunity at the bar, the the, the bigger title? It's, you know, just like the Roman Reigns got into the Elimination Chamber, even though he just lost the Intercontinental Championship a few years back. No, Cross WWE. woman is a man. Uh, look at Bobby Fish helping O'Reilly win. I mean, Bobby Fish has been saying he has his own beefs to pick and his own battles to win. And that's why he came back and he's, quote unquote, not taking sides. What, what about if Roderick Strong gets involved? That hasn't been brought up. It's certainly possible. And another person that hasn't been brought up in a while, because I know he's been out with an injury for a bit, but I, I, he's got to be returning soon. That's Rich Holland. And you know, Rich Holland was supposed to be in that faction that you know yeah. that McAfee put together with uh, our boy only only uh, only uh, Lorcan and, and Pete Dunn and all the, those guys. Uh, what were they called? The Gold, uh, not the Gold Standard, but I don't know. Oh fuck! I forget what they were. But. Anyway, anyway, Kyle O'Reilly wins this I think in some Kyle way, shape, or form. Oh, by the way, I forgot my lock for tomorrow night. LA Knight wins the million dollar title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is our predictions. All right, on to our good, bad, and brainless. Ooh. So, Cousin Jay, what was your good for this week? I'm going with the continuation of the Roman Reigns and Uso storyline. It's like one of the things that they have done exceptionally well for an exceptionally long time, and they continue <coughs> to make it good, exciting, and, and just what the heck's going to happen next. So I think that is the best thing that has been on TV lately. Uh, for me, I'm going to say that just the Roman and the Usos just in general were my good for this week. You know, that Jimmy had that great promo at the start of SmackDown last night. Um, had a lot of you know, a lot of emotion. Jimmy, you know, Jay, at the, you know, later on in the show, he, he cut a damn good promo himself. Saying he got caught in the middle of all of this. And he's not happy about the fact that he was caught in the middle of all of this. And then Roman Reigns cut that freaking A-plus promo at the end of the show last night. Before he had his little exchange with the Mysterios. I just, the Usos and Roman Reigns just killing it was my good for this week. All right. 
Bad. My bad. Uh, it, it, it's for negative one. Negative one, do your schoolwork. <laughs> and that's it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my bad for this week goes to Ding Dong Hello. It was just, it was bad. It was just, it was fucking bad. I, I just... <sighs> The fake laughing between Seth Rollins and um, and Bailey was just it was just god awful, you know. They had to they had to replay that video of her all over the fucking Thunderdome and everything like that. And as much as Cesaro tried as his best to save that whole segment, which was almost my good, but I'm sorry, Roman Roman is just on another level. But it was just that whole thing. Ding dong, hello gets my bad for this week just because it was just bad. All right, Andy Andy Vest saying fuck. Roman. Fuck Roman. Okay. Hey, I understand. Not, not not everybody's flavor. Liv Morgan versus Carmella bra and panties match. Well, ain't, ain't gonna happen no. in this era. No. All right. Do you have a brainless? My brainless this week is the Lily, Shayna, and Alexa segment. <laughs> now, like, this is one of those things that, like, you either loved it or hated it. I was on the hate it side just because, like, it, it, it was just, it was silly. Now, one thing I'll say is Shayna has gotten a little bit better at her delivery as far as promos. She used to be god-awful, and anytime she talked, I, I just wanted to jab a pen in my ear. She literally sounded like what vanilla ice cream would sound like. So... She's gotten a little bit better, but this segment was just trash. I, I, I think Alexa w was good in it, but, like, Shayna, like, running, trying to be scared. You know what? This was shades of when the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan had their storyline in WCW, and, yep. like, Hulk Hogan could see the Ultimate Warrior mm -hmm. in the, the mirror, but nobody else seem seemingly could, even though, like, it, it was... It was clear as day. At the end, Shayna getting all crazy and breaking the glass, and you see Lily there at the end, and it's like going... All right. Not good. Not good. Brainless. Oh, Andy's brainless this week is Andy. Himself. All right. Uh, my brainless goes to... I don't even know who I actually hand this brainless to. But whoever it was who promoted the fact that we were getting the Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy and then decided to change it without even announcing, like, it's just like, oh, and then we're like, oh, look, it's Montez Ford versus uh, Chad Gable. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, why did you promote that and then change it last minute? Uh, it, it was just slightly better than when we went to see Hampton Roads Championship Wrestling. And they, they told us we were getting one sort of match and then... Oh, by it the way, it's now an elimination match. A after the pin. <laughs> uh, Needless to say, Cousin Jay and I are no longer allowed at Hampton Roads Championship Wrestling. Anyway, so... Uh, I just, I thought it was stupid, because there was no real explanation as to why they decided that they promoted one match and then they gave us something different. Sure. Not that I was upset about the match itself, because obviously Gable and Ford had a hell of a match. And, and, and just to top it off, because it probably would have just been my bad, but like... The fact that Dos Otis 
kind of like got involved and it was funny because like Otis went in there to try to break up the pinfall the pinfall was already broken up and Otis was in there kind of nudged into Montez Ford stood up and stood there and I'm just like wait what's going on right wait. now why is it and then they just rang the bell so they completely dropped the ball on that whole thing with the the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy sure I just I I just thought that was that's it just deserved my brainless all right from that good yeah yeah so whether uh, wow, I screwed that up. So if you are a first-time listener or somebody who is tuned in on a regular basis, whether it be Andy or Donate Brown Snow or the Nicholas Brothers, make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to us on YouTube at the the letter T, the letter H, the letter E, the letter F, the letter N, M A R K S, the F and Marks. If you like, follow and subscribe to us, we will do the same back. That has been our forte since day one is H. Yeah. So we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, and uh, there are a few other ones I can't remember off the top of my head. So if you've missed the show, they go up usually about a day later, sometimes even the same day, but they will go up there. So if you just have only time to listen, we are officially on all of those. So make sure you give a follow to us there, Mm -hmm. and also make sure you follow the All Elite Marks page on Facebook. That's where we go live every week. Set up the notifications so when we go live, you will know that we are live so you can join in with the conversation. No, Nicole, it's not the mantra anymore. Right? I'll explain later. So, um, as far as Brock coming back for Lashley or Roman, uh, who does Paul Heyman side with? I think, personally, for now... Brock will go against Lashley, so Paul Heyman won't have to do the decision yet. I think that will be a match for later on down the road. Mm -hmm. That's my belief. Also, one more thing. Uh, Make sure you check out our Facebook and Instagram page probably tomorrow afternoon as the next version of the tournament, which we decided will be the uh, uh, talk talk shows. shows of professional wrestling. So that'll be the new one that we do this weekend. It'll probably be tomorrow. Uh, probably around the same time I did last week's, so around five or six. Yeah. That way people can get a time, you know, not too late, not too early. All right. So let's close it up. All right. I think that's everything, though. I think we touched um, base on yeah, everything. Did that, we do our I predictions? think we did. We did. You know, we talked about the faction finals and the new tournament and all that stuff. And yeah. I'm brainless and you're sure. Nostradamus. And wait! What? There's one more thing. What's that brainless one? That's because today. On June 12th of 2021, at an astonishing 2,330 days have been marked all of America. It's still alive in 2015. Royal Rumble. And I'm a little sad that fellow 2008 FM Marks Hall of Fame inductee Tommy was not in here to witness the Curtis Axel Hall. Well, that's okay. Uh, And just a note for next week, we will be doing the show uh, (laughs) Friday evening. We are doing the show Friday evening in the United States next week. uh, So you can tune in so you can get our Hell in the Cell predictions and whatever uh, craziness goes on and a uh, review of NXT TakeOver in your house. Tommy, I love you. (laughs) <laughs> so for 
episode 225 of the Epic Marks Podcast. I'm Jay. And I'm always brainless. Make sure you mark out. With your guac out. See everybody. Enjoy NXT in your house. Oh, God. Yeah.